Hi, everybody. Welcome to another edition of A Slice of Brockton. And as always, I try to get interesting guests because there wouldn't be much of a podcast without interesting guests. And this guest is a guest I knew as a student way back at Mother Teresa's school. Also, I knew this person as an angelic voice in the parish choir. And now this person is finishing off the first year of a residency being a doctor in family medicine. And if that's not enough of a clue or clues for you to know who it is, I'd like to introduce Jacqueline Spitzig. Welcome, Jacqueline, to A Slice of Brockton. Thank you very much. Yes, you're, you're busy, and I do appreciate the time um, in the next however long to have the conversation with you. So uh, thank you so much again. Absolutely. It's my pleasure. Excellent. So um, kind of a little bit of a teaser at the beginning. Um, I, do you remember being in the parish choir? Yes, I do. A long time ago. Yeah. What do you remember about that? Um, I mean, I do remember the choir part. I remember hanging out with Jillian King and throwing bouncy balls off the choir loft into the pews oh. when we were really little. <laughs> But we, we grew up from that point. I, I'm and sure then... I'm sure you did. <laughs> the um, do you remember any of the music? Like, did you have yeah. a favorite song? Do I have a favorite song? I mean, there were so many. Um... Maybe that will come to you. Maybe I'll ask you that I, one later. Yeah, I would say two come to mind. One is "Here I Am to Worship." Oh yeah, loved that course. song, mm-hmm. and another one called "Draw Me Close." I liked that one as well. Okay, and you know what? I think some of those are still done today. They're uh, oldies, but goodies—not the way I know an oldie, because my oldies go back into the seventies and sixties when it comes to parish music. Anyway, but no, I just—it's funny because we have that—we have that connection. Because I was certainly someone who was uh, involved with uh, the, the uh, parish music ministry, and I was a teacher at Mother Teresa when you went through as a student. And now it's fascinating to see where our students go as young people, and then they come back to the community and you're coming back as a doctor. So uh, congratulations on your graduation from med school. Thank you very much. How about telling uh, the listeners a little bit about uh, that uh, big stretch of time between, um, you know, I don't know, like being in elementary school or high school to to becoming a doctor. Like, uh, tell us about that journey a little bit. Sure. So I graduated from... I guess it would be Mother Teresa Elementary School. Now it's St. Teresa of Calcutta. Of course. Of course. Um, Went to Sacred Heart High School for four years. And then I went off to do my undergraduate in health sciences at McMaster University. So that was, would have been in 2013 to 2017. Um, I probably had an inkling that I wanted to go into medicine before when I was in high school. But really made that choice when I was in undergrad and a lot of my peers were looking towards that route as well and I think for me I was tossing up a couple of things did I want to go into midwifery did I want to go into to medicine to be a doctor and honestly Greg I could not tell you why I made the decision that I did but I don't regret it so after 2017 I got accepted to medical school at the University of Ottawa so I moved from Hamilton to Ottawa and started four years of medical school there. And so that brings me to 2021. So I was in medical school throughout this whole COVID pandemic and 
had the experience of figuring out healthcare in a whole new world. And then I graduated just last year in May. And um, when you graduate medical school, you apply to something called CARMS, which is the Canadian, I don't even know if I know what it is, Canadian Residency Matching System. So essentially you apply and you say where you want to go and what you want to do. So what specialty you want to do, in my case, it was family medicine and where you want to go. Um, I wanted to come back to the area. So the closest family medicine residency to home is in Hanover. Um, and so I was thankful I matched to Hanover uh, and I've been doing my family medicine residency based out of Hanover since last July. All right. Well, that's, that's excellent. I mean, we're so glad that you've come, you've come back. I mean, we, we would love that. We love when our young people come back, especially when they come back in, in areas and professions that are certainly needed. Um, as a young person coming out in, in, and, and graduating, uh, you know, newly minted doctor in, in this pandemic that's just happened or over the last two years, and hopefully, you know, we're, <laughs> we're going to continue to get out of this. What's been the biggest challenge for, for you? Hmm. That's a good question. Just give me a second here. I would say the biggest challenge is probably building the relationships that you do throughout medical school, throughout residency. Normally in a non-COVID or pre-COVID and hopefully post-COVID times, you're getting together quite a bit for uh, learning groups, for social times um, with your peers and, and staff that you work with, uh, physicians that you work with in the community as well. With COVID, a lot of things have moved online. So for example, we've been, we in medical school did a lot of our teaching online, which we would have done in person. And so I think for me, one of the hardest things was not building those connections that I otherwise would have built were it not for COVID. Um, and so I remember the end to medical school was so anticlimactic where normally you would have a graduation in person and then you would have what we call grad ball. So kind of a formal event with all of your peers graduating and their significant mm. others. And we didn't have that. And obviously we survived and we rise above that, but it is interesting because I feel that the relationships that I built in medical school are still in this limbo where we don't, we haven't seen each other for so long and we don't really know how we're going to get back together again and whatnot. So I look forward to a time when everyone can gather in larger groups and when we can bring everyone back from wherever they are across the country practicing medicine. Yeah. Um, and that still, that still happens, but thankfully we're slowly returning to a new normal where we can get together in groups. And yeah. Socialize and again. Yeah. And I thank you for that. I, I, I can see, I can see how, well, what you say, there's parallels obviously to other, other uh, groups as well, other professions and, and um, related to that question, um, is there anything that you see enduring uh, uh, like a positive benefit uh, from the pandemic? Cause we had the pandemic anyway, but, and, and you know, there's going to be positives and negatives. Um, how, what are you seeing in the positives either for yourself or, and, for your profession that are, wouldn't have been possible if we hadn't had a pandemic? Sure. Uh, well, I got engaged during okay. the pandemic. Woo. 
thank you. Was that um, on, was that online? Was that virtual? No, no. <laughs> I mean, not really. At the beginning of the pandemic, when we would get together with our friend group, our friend group shrunk quite a bit, and we hung out with maybe the same four or five people. And initially, it was online. We would we would play bingo online. So one person would read out numbers, and we'd all print out a bingo sheet. Oh. Uh, I didn't think that at this age I'd be so into bingo, but I really was for a while there in in spring of 2020. And so my now fiance used to do that with us. And so we started chatting more. And long story short, you end up spending a lot of time with the same people over the course of this pandemic. And I, I don't know if we'd be engaged and planning on getting married as soon as we are if, if the pandemic hadn't happened. So that's certainly a positive from my side and something that I'm planning on having endure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, on a more work-related side, I would say that with the pandemic, in some sense, we've increased our ability to provide virtual care. And that can even be things like phone visits for our patients. A lot of times, and the truth is, I don't know what it looks like exactly to practice family medicine before the pandemic, because I really only started in the last year. But what I'm seeing now is that a lot of our patients, we can call them over the phone. We can check in to see how they're doing. We can book appointments for them to see us virtually as opposed to always having to come in. And that for some folks, whether they're not able to leave home, not able to book transportation, not able to book the block of time that it would take to travel to the clinic, see us, leave, go back home, uh, I think in some sense might make it so that care can be a little bit more flexible for our patients. Obviously, it's not for everyone. If someone has a broken arm, we can't really assess that over the phone and they need to come in to be seen, but it is nice for something like checking in to see side effects from their medicines or something of the sort. Uh, now we, we have this ability to maybe spend more time virtually checking in. Yes. And, and I think I would agree with you as someone who's uh, checked in with my doctor uh, virtually because we had to, but lately, uh, having an option to go in and you're right. If I had a, a broken, you know, or something serious that, you know, it wouldn't be a virtual or a phone call, but some things are, uh, uh you know, uh, you just need a phone call for them for a check-in. And, and I think that provides a lot of flexibility and accessibility. So yeah, I certainly, certainly agree with that. And, and when is the wedding date, Jacqueline? July 16th. July 15th. And, uh, 16th. in town, it's oh, in town here. Or are you going to yep. do okay. the, the same church I was in the choir in? Very good. Very good. Yeah. Very Well, that's that, you know, the bingo thing and that Catholic values thing. It all comes out here. We, you know how Catholics love bingo. Um, yeah. I didn't so, know that before. Oh, you Apparently didn't know that? Uh, okay. It's, well, that, it's in my core. That could be. Yeah. And you didn't know that. You didn't know that. Well, it's so nice of Columbus to do the bingo regularly, right? Oh, well, true. They do. well, Whiteman does a bingo, but you know what I mean? Uh, you know, it's not denominational and that's fine too. <laughs> um, I did. I did play Whiteman bingo during COVID. You did? Once I got into bingo, then my, my parents got me into Whiteman bingo. I'm not playing it anymore, but for a period of time I was. Awesome. Awesome. Well, you know what? Lots of people did a lot. I think had to learn uh, new ways of uh, occupying time, being social. I mean, we did, I don't know how many cahoots, the game cahoots uh, that we had to do with our family over Christmas time because we couldn't get together. So no, completely, completely agreeing with all those things you're saying. Um, tell me about, um, so 
I guess maybe this is, uh, this is a curious question for me. Um, as someone who's become a, a doctor and is almost finished, uh, you know, your, your residency piece, um, what's the toughest part about getting through to be a doctor? The easy answer is figuring out when to sleep. Yeah. Um, but that's more of a joke. Uh, the hardest part about getting through as a doctor. Hmm. I would honestly say probably balancing patient needs with my own existence as a human. Um, and what I mean by that is that at the end of the day, I only have 24 hours a day and some of them I need for sleeping and eating and exercising and socializing. Mm-hmm. Um, and every day people are coming to you with their needs and you, you in a sense have to triage who needs me most at this moment and who can wait and, what do I need to finish today and what could wait? Because you can't do everything in one day. You can't do everything at one time. And yet there are some people that come to you and they may just show up at the clinic and they're quite sick and you end up either sending them to the emergency department or kind of following them up throughout the course of that day. And, and all of these things take time. And so for me, especially right now, and this could change as I move throughout my career right now, what I find challenging is balancing my balancing my time and and kind of figuring out how to best care for the people that come to me while recognizing that caring for them down the road requires me to take care of my own well-being right now as well. So um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that is... For me right now, what I'm challenged with most. That uh, it rings true um, to people in helping professions. So I would say that doctors and nurses are in helping professions amongst other groups. And uh, that piece, especially over the last couple of years, um, I think what you're highlighting um, is compassion fatigue, right? Like how you can get uh, compassion fatigue if you don't take care of yourself knowing that you do have to balance it and it's really interesting you know as a, as a young person coming out into the profession that you know you're already aware of that which is good because it, uh, it's better to be aware of that than 15 years down the road when maybe you've hit a uh, wall and you hit burnout right no one needs that mm-hmm. right no no and certainly at this point really what i want is to take care of the people that come to me well mm-hmm. it's just figure and a lot of it, Greg, is that I don't even know what it means to take care of everyone well yet. I have oh. a lot more to learn, and I will throughout the rest of my whole life. Doctors can never know everything, but uh, even yeah. um, in terms of really simple things, like this morning I had a little baby that I wanted to send for blood work tomorrow, and I didn't know how to do that. So oh. there, are, there are certainly a learning curve in terms of figuring out the logistical too that that again takes time for sure for sure you can't rush it you can't be a 10-year doctor on year one right like no no doesn't work like that hey um you know what i'm a learner i'm like i always uh my let me start again my philosophy is that uh in some of our mistakes we do our best learning and our best realization is there a can you comment on the best mistake you ever made or the best learning from a mistake you ever made Unless you're really good and you've never made a mistake, that could be true. <laughs> Not quite. Not quite. So it's super easy for me to think of mistakes from a work side of things. It's mm-hmm. very hard for me to think about mistakes 
that I've really taken the time to learn from at home. And it could be because I'm perfect. I'm pretty sure I'm not. <laughs> I think it's more likely that I don't think about those mistakes as well. So yeah. I have a, um, an interesting case, I guess, that I saw in Ottawa. And it really taught me about the human side of medicine. And so ultimately in medicine, the patient is in some sense deciding what's best for them. We can provide our recommendations. We can suggest what we think they ought to do. But at the end of the day, they're the ones that have to decide, am I going to take this pill every day? Am I going to go to this appointment? Am I going to, um, I don't know, get my feet checked and my eyes checked and whatnot. So my very first year of clerkship, which is sort of like the internship of medical school, once you actually start seeing patients on a regular basis, I had this older lady and she was a patient with kidney disease. And unfortunately, at the end of having kidney disease, some people progress to the point where they need dialysis, uh, meaning you filter their blood for them, or you filter the toxins from their kidneys for them. And there's actually two ways to do dialysis. So often we think about hemodialysis where people go to the clinic and they sit there for three hours and we filter their blood and we take out the toxins and we put their blood back in essentially. Um, but you can also have something called peritoneal dialysis, which is uh, this thing where at home you have a tube into your belly. We put fluid into your belly and essentially the toxins are supposed to go into this fluid and then when we take the flu when the fluid goes out of the belly the toxins also theoretically leave so i had this lady on peritoneal dialysis at home she was living in an apartment she was enjoying her life in ottawa unfortunately she developed a an infection where her peritoneal dialysis port was. So where we were putting the water in and taking the water out. So she got admitted to hospital and I honestly don't know why, but ended up having difficulty swallowing while she was in hospital and then got this complication from her kidneys on her feet while in hospital. Oh. And so she comes into hospital and we decide, okay, we're going to take her off this peritoneal dialysis where we're putting fluid into her belly because her, she has an infection there. And we're going to put her on hemodialysis where we take it from her arm. And we're going to send her for a scope to make sure that she can swallow and to make sure that there's nothing like a cancer or a narrowing there that we can fix. And we're going to send her to a specialist to make sure that we take care of this wound on her foot. And... I'm, it was about three years ago now, so I don't remember all of the details, but we did all of these things and medically we made sure that she had the highest level of care. But throughout all of this, nobody took the chance to say, okay, you have end-stage kidney disease. It is very possible that your end-stage kidney disease could be what eventually takes your life, what kills you. We have to balance your quality of life with the length of your life at this point. Mm -hmm. And for this lady, what was really interesting was that she was telling me, kind of once we had developed a relationship four to six weeks down the road, I don't want to do hemodialysis. I don't mm -hmm. want to, I don't want to come to the hospital three days a week to have them do this. Mm -hmm. I would rather 
and, and I don't want to have all these issues with my swallowing fixed. I would rather go home to my apartment, enjoy my time at my apartment, and live my life the time that I have left. And, and I think that, while I don't remember your question perfectly anymore, when I think of mistakes that I've made that have taught me the most or that have really changed the way I practice medicine, that is one of them. Because at the end of the day, if the goals of the doctor and the goals of the patient aren't congruent, then we're, something's not right. And, you know, you have to you have to think about what is ultimately the purpose here? What are we trying to achieve? Because mm-hmm. it's easy to treat things medically. It's harder to look at the person and what what is it that they desire for themselves? Mm-hmm. So that, yeah, that was a really interesting scenario for me. Yeah, some deep, some deep reflection and, and learning on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Well, thanks. Thanks for sharing that story. And, and mm-hmm. the result of that story, certainly that's how we accrue wisdom, right? <laughs> over time, yes. over time. Yes, it is. Uh, tell me, I don't know if this applies. You know, you're from Brockton, Walkerton. Um, how is that? somehow influence you as a young doctor or how will you how does that how will that impact you as you become a more mature doctor Mm. you know when you ask me that question the first thing that comes to mind is the community support that we see and Mm. you don't I mean it's possible you see that in the city I didn't see it as much but Mm. when I think back to um, I hardly remember it, but E. coli mm-hmm. and how our community came together to make sure that people had bottles of water or whatever it was that they needed at the time. Or when I think about when there's been illness or injury in my own family and neighbors coming together to make meals or friends creating a, a schedule to take people to appointments. Um, really when they it reminds me of the I forget where the saying is from but it takes a village to raise a child but really it it takes a village or a town in this case a community to live a life because at the end of the day you could have all of the best treatments medically you could have all of the best medications but if you can't get those medications if you can't get to that appointment if you can't Uh, if you don't have food to eat well enough to nourish you to get better from your illness or to sustain you in your chronic disease, then all the things that we do as doctors are not really going to be helpful to the same degree as they would be if someone is being fed during your illness or their Mm -hmm. family has someone to talk to, or there, I mean, there's so many examples of, of times in my life where I've seen people coming around to support loved ones, friends, family. Um, but I, I think that this community is an example. This community provides so many examples of, um, I mean, of that, of coming together to support one another when we need. And really that, it draws me back here time and time again. And it encourages me because I know that my family is well supported and if I ever had need I would be well supported because of what I've seen in this community mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and the fact that you're even saying that and come back knows that it's almost like the proof in the pudding right like uh, you, you're able to come back and we when we get our young people coming back often 
I would I agree with you that it's that whole idea of of community and the support and that you know people and you know it's looking after the whole person right looking after the whole yeah. the or, the organic the organic piece of it is is that we're not in these individuals who are siloed we're all together we all affect one another mm-hmm. and our quality of life uh, is affected by that so I think you've really struck something with that Jacqueline yeah thanks hey what's the what's the funny what what makes you laugh what's something that makes you laugh kids oh my gosh and they're joke good jokes they're just just funny in and of themselves yesterday i mainly had toddlers and babies in my clinic Mm -hmm. Uh, and they i i can't even think of a specific example of what they said give me a second i'm sure i can come up with something um but i don't know they're just so funny and they love life i had one little guy yesterday who followed me around while we were getting some vaccines for his brother and he just carried the band-aids around and i was like what a life Mm. we're like him just doing the best that i can with my one little job that i need to do Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. yeah they they do make me laugh so does my dad but (laughs) i think it makes a lot of people laugh Oh yes, he does. He does. We um, this may or may not make you laugh. For me, it's something that's been ongoing. But he did this driveway. He, I guess, cemented a driveway, mm-hmm. and along this driveway were these lights that I don't know if they were gas, like propane powered or electric or what, but they swirled. Oh. Um, the fire or simulated fire in them swirled. And so he came home and he said something along the lines of, yeah, like the driveway just had all these swirlies up and down them. And he said, what are you talking about? <laughs> and eventually he described it. But now anytime something swirls, we're like, oh, yeah, it's just all swirly. It's so, all swirly. <laughs> it's so, a good word. It's a good word. Yeah, I like that. Like that word. Should be trademarked. You have to trademark, get it on, <laughs> get it on a t-shirt, uh, you know, another career, right? Well, you know those little noodles that are twirled? Yeah. And now we call them the swirlies. <laughs> nice. Anyway. Nice. Well, I said you should be having fun on the podcast, so at least we're getting there. Uh, oh, yeah. Hey, when, when you are talking about work-life balance and when it's time for Jacqueline, um, you know, what do you, what do you do to take care of yourself? What are those things? How do you recreate? What are your hobbies? Oh, well, it definitely differs in the summer versus the winter. Mm-hmm. I feel like in the winter, I don't do anything. I just Hybrid-y. sleep and, yeah, <laughs> eat good food, hang out with family. Yeah. In the summer, I love being outdoors. Mm-hmm. Um, I like canoeing down the Songhee River. I like swimming. I like running. I like visiting with friends. Um, I do some of these things in the winter but obviously not canoeing or kayaking or swimming much at all Mm -hmm. um we do snowshoe and in the past year and a bit we discovered brant tracks from Mm -hmm. on the way to cargill Mm -hmm. i I grew up my whole life here i did not know that that was a thing and so we've recently rediscovered or discovered this for the first time i guess and have gone snowshoeing and hiking and whatnot there. We've never gone biking. 
but I'm sure that we've snowmobiled past it in the past. And I just, the life, for the life of me, never realized that this existed in the past. So for anybody listening, if you have not learned about Brant Tracks, you should really go. It is definitely a four-season recreational area. I would suggest in the summertime, though, ensuring you bring some sort of uh, uh, bug repellent because mm-hmm. mosquitoes can be quite voluminous, more so than other places. I don't know why, but but it is. And uh, yes, I, I agree with you too on that. I mean, we we love to go there, and we love to. Uh, I would like to try to bike there. I know there's some really good bike trails uh, at at the f- far back of of the property there. But yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like all the things that are around us that we don't we don't know we have, and and uh, one of those things of why we like to live where we live right i think so yeah even just in the last two years i took up i wouldn't really call it cycling because i don't have a road bike i have a hybrid bike but i started biking to hanover and back so that's been a a trek for me but it's a fun little activity if you have a couple hours to spare for sure a couple hours yeah yeah Yeah. (laughs) and and and, uh, do you bike in the snow like if that's what you know no, no, just summer. those people with the fat tires, that is not me. No. I told you, I don't do anything in the winter. I do run. I run in the winter and I walk with friends, but I do not, uh, I do not bike. Yeah. Well, I was just fact checking you on that, on biking during the winter time. And, you know, cause you no. said you did nothing. I just, in the winter time, I just want to double check. <laughs> so, um, Hey, listen, we're, we're pretty much coming to the end and what I've, I've been a little bit of a, well, a tradition when you've done a few of these, it's something I'm trying to build in. I, I don't know if you'd oblige me in a game of two truths and a lie. Do you know how to play the game? Yeah, I do know how to play. You don't want to play. No, I do. I know how to play and I want to, I need a minute to think of it. You need a minute. Am I telling you? You tell, yeah. yeah. And I have to guess it's a game for me. So two things that are true. And one thing that is like ridiculous and uh, you try to fish me in on that one. I try to guess the one that's a lie. Okay. Give me a second. I'm going to give you a second. Should I give you the Jeopardy music? Uh, Yeah. Okay. That's enough of that. Okay. I thought of two. I need the third. Okay. I've got them. Okay, that didn't take long at all. All right, in any order, two truths and a lie. So if you did it, two yeah. truths and a lie, I know what the, what the lie is. So you just got to be random. Let's be random. No, I'll that. just be random. Okay. Uh, number one, I have a pet hamster named Johan. Okay. Number two, I have pet a beaver in the wild. And number three, I do not like Nutella. Oh. I know. So I was wondering if you're fishing me in with this beaver thing, but you. But the other was the other one that's intriguing is Nutella, Nutella, and you say you don't like Nutella. I don't like Nutella. I th- I think you do. And no, I, think, I don't like Nutella. Oh, that's the truth. Ah, oh, what? So the lie is the beaver? No, I've the hamster. A beaver. I probably shouldn't have. I used to have a pet hamster. He is sadly no more. Oh. Maybe wow. someday I'll have another one, but for now I have no. Well, we have a pet snail. <laughs> Gosh. A water oh, you... snail. A water snail, even better, even better. We used uh, to have a fish to go with him, but the fish is gone, and so we just have the snail left. Not a lot of longevity in those those uh, fish <laughs> that go in fish bowls. No. no, no, we should work on no. that maybe. Um, and, well, you completely bamboozled me, so congratulations for <laughs> uh, winning on two truths and a lie. 
Jacqueline, thank you so much for taking time today to chat with me, getting to know a little bit more about you and your journey and things that have challenged you and certainly your life lessons that you've shared with everyone. And uh, we wish you all the luck in your residency. And really, um, it's always nice again to have our young people come back. We need our youth to come back to have a vibrant community and you would definitely be part of that vibrancy for sure. So thank you so much for joining A Slice of Brockton. Absolutely. It's been my pleasure. Okay. Well, take care and all the best. And good luck in the good luck in the wedding in July. Thank you very much. You have a great day. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. Hey, Cole Dales. Hey, Greg. How are you? Good. How are you doing? Good. Excellent. Excellent. Um, yeah. So thanks for, thanks for doing this. I, uh, I know you're you're a busy guy and things, lots of things on the go. So I do appreciate it. I haven't pumped out a, a podcast in a little bit because I've just been busy with other things. But uh, I want to kind of get back on the trail and uh, and uh, you know, again, I'm appreciative of that for you today. Oh, I've been looking forward to it. Uh, it's been uh, yeah, it's been busy, but yeah, looking forward to it. Great, good audio. The audio sounds awesome. And so what's happening right now is the way this my app works here is that it's automatically recording but this won't be on the recording because i'll go back and i'll just chop this off at the end of it this is kind of like what i call the the pre the pre-interview just to kind of <laughs> just just a little bit chat about you and, and about some things and okay. i was going back to the where you said which questions that you wanted me to ask and i couldn't we've been talking on i don't know if you emailed me i looked back in messenger and i, I couldn't see it so um, do you recall what questions they were or, I mean, we can be pretty, again, chill about it too, right? Like it doesn't have to be, it can be whatever, right? Hello? Oh, I lost you. Hello? Yeah, I got you now. What happened? Was okay. that me? I can't leave, that was me. I can't leave the, the app, I guess, to look in my background stuff. Oh yeah, it'll shut off. And if your uh, if your phone goes to sleep or okay. whatever goes to sleep, it'll also shut us down. I learned the hard way when I was uh, I was uh, chatting with Connie Weber. Like we tried like four times. We were going, "What the oh, hell is going wrong?" <laughs> and it was just every time it went to sleep, it's like we lost connection. I thought, yeah. "Oh, bad bad internet or whatever." Um, yeah. Now, how did you, can you remember how you sent it to me? And I'll find it. It's just I can't. Yeah, remember. I sent them to you May tenth via email. Oh, via email. Okay, now I'm yeah. gonna have to go on here. Let me see if I can get. It. Hello? Yep, I can hear you. No. Oh, you could. No, I can hear you. Still, I tried. Okay, I put your name in there and, and earlier today, and I was going, okay, but it didn't. <laughs> Maybe is it, is it else or is it? Yep. Yep. C Dales. Okay, one, two, Maybe. three, two. Okay, let me just see here. Um, geez. No, I like me 10. I need to scroll to May 10th and see if it's there because like, um, okay. All right. Which was not too, too long ago. That's inbox. It's not there. Maybe did I give you a different like email address? I remember, I remember them offhand too. Oh, well, were, let's just do uh, one was, uh, what motivates me to, uh, like do what I do. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's always a good one. Another one was, uh, what are the best things about living in Brockton? Okay. Um, okay. The other one was uh, Two Truths and a Lie. 
Oh yeah, that that's an automatic, my friend. You get that no matter what. You get no Figured matter that. what. Yeah, you get that. Uh, the other one was the my uh, what TV show or series am I watching? Okay, yeah. And then just let me go to the background of my phone here and first two seconds sure. look at the other one. Yep, no problem. And the last one, can you hear me? Okay. Yep. The last one was what uh, experience would I give to somebody based on my life experiences? Okay, let me see. Uh, experience. I was trying to. F- Where did I see that one? Did I ask you that? Uh, experience something there. Okay, what advice do you have for your peers? Yeah, okay, that I can work that. That's not a problem. Okay, okay. All right, okay. Okay, so for me to kind of get going on this what i'm going to do is just going to ask you just kind of just catch me up on on um on you i mean okay. really the last time i think i said i'm not sure last time i talked to you like actually as a as an adult like i can't remember that but i know that <laughs> yeah yeah and it's possible we have in in passing or seeing but just like so you know we're you were at a you were a student at mother Teresa. i'm sure you went to sacred heart and then kind of what happened what happened from there tell me okay. just to catch me up on that yeah, so I uh, I was fortunate to go to uh, school in Walkerton. I went to Mother Teresa, had great teachers throughout, and went to Sacred Heart, and also had nothing but excellent teachers and, and peers. And uh, in grade 12, I really didn't know what I wanted to do for a job, so I took a high school co-op at the Walkerton Fire Department, and uh, the current chief at the time, Mike Murphy, I knew his son really well. We were best friends, played hockey together growing up, so I took a leap of faith, and I'm like, maybe I'll... Uh, joined the fire department and as a co-op. So I went through the recruit process uh, with the fire department and then life took me on a pretty crazy journey and we've been 10 years in the fire service and Walkerton since and ended up being full-time in Pickering for a couple of years. And uh, I, I get homesick really easily. So I uh, <laughs> went yeah. to school in Lambton uh, in Sarnia. Yeah, luckily I had eight friends there from Brockton. So it made life a lot easier. It felt like home, but I've uh, I've always wanted to come back home. Brockton's home for me, and it'll be home for me forever. So that's home kind of where it home took forever. Me school. <laughs> All right. Okay. So tell me a little bit about. Um, so what did you? What did you? Was it fire service training in Lambton, or what's it called? What's that yeah, program? Pre-service firefighting education training. So it was a one-year program with an option to take uh, a year two and a year three. But I just decided to take the year one because it was already a. I got hired. I think the next day after my high school graduation, they gave me my pager and gave me a job offer. And so I've been on the fire department since 18. And uh, yeah. Wow. Wow. Since 18. So, so, okay. You worked full time in Pickering. I did. Yeah, I did. Okay. And then for how long was that? Uh, Four years. Okay. So you lived in Pickering and then you move, you're back here now, you're selling your house. So are, are you actually in Walkerton or are you in Brockton? Like where, yep. where are you? I live right in Walkerton. Yep. Okay. And you're moving from one house in Walkerton to another house. Yep. Four blocks away. <laughs> oh, well, there you go. That's uh, not too far. I mean, it no. still costs, still costs you to put the stuff in a truck though, I guess. Yeah, if you for have sure. it. Unless you have, unless you have good buddies. I got lots of friends. <laughs> uh, okay. Okay. So, so are you, so what are you doing full time? Cause I mean, obviously this is the, the, the fire department of Walkerton isn't a full-time job unless you're the chief or somebody. So, so are you still like contracted somewhere else or what are you doing? Uh, I started in, uh, I still work for Ontario power generation. That's where I wasn't Pickering at the oh. Pickering nuclear station. And now I work for Ontario power, Ge- Ontario power generation 
up at the Bruce Power site. So my job title is civil maintenance. Civil maintenance, but but that's not like that's not. So you're not a firefighter up there. No, not full time. No. Okay. Okay. So when you when you went to so when you were in Pickering, you weren't in the fire service in Pickering. You were. Yep. yep. I was a uh, I was an industrial firefighter at the Pickering nuclear plant. Oh. Okay. Firefighter oh. there for four years. Industrial, industrial, like some some stuff. Did you fight many fires up there or what? No, a lot of lot of medicals, but no, uh, not many fires, thankfully. That would yeah. be. A... Whoop! I lost you there for a sec. Can you hear me okay? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would be a bad day if there was fires in Pickering, but no, thankfully, not many fires. If no, any. no. Okay, okay. That might be something I, I can pick your brain about a little bit. I, I might <laughs> yeah. just say, hey, tell me about like the worst thing that you've had. Like, not that we want to get into morbid details, but like, yeah. what's the What's the kind of most challenging situation or something like that? Okay. Um, all right. And, and um, okay. I, and I really want to kind of play the angle of, you know, you are returning, you know, you're returning youth. You're a young person in the municipality. Um, I'm, I, you know, I may say like, you know, what, 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 what do you think is something that, you know, when I say Brockton, cause like it's called the slice of Brockton, but yep. you know, what, what does Brockton need? Like, you know, for more young people to be here, like I, I don't know if we're getting an influx back. I know that we've got a couple of subdivisions on the go, and I think there's young families moving in there. That's a topic um, I love to talk about because I, okay. I am passionate about it. <laughs> okay. Okay, good. Uh, I'm going to write this as a note passionate about uh, um, <laughs> living in and returning. Because you know what? There's lots of people who don't come back. Like my kids aren't going to come back. They, they've been – uh, I've said that they're just like, you know, I said, well, you'll appreciate this when you're a little bit older, but like, sure, I mean, yeah. I, I get the sense that they're as young adults, like, you know, it's not like, you know, if you like to club it, there's not a lot of clubs or if you like exactly. to, but if you're like the Bruce County kind of life, then obviously it's quality life is, is awesome. And I think quality life is awesome for kids. I just think when you're a young person, if you're looking for that excitement piece, then you know what, or a mall, I mean, obviously you can't be here, but I think obviously, you, you know, over time, maybe that changes for people. I don't know. So yep. anyway, okay. So that's great. So what's, um, so, uh, I'm going to introduce you as Cole Dales and, um, a return, I'm going to return. I'm not going to say the prodigal son. I was thinking about like, <laughs> that. the return of the prodigal son, but that's not true. Um, and, and, um, Walkerton Brockton resident Cole Dales, who has, come back or something i'm gonna it's gonna be kind of organic it's okay. just and um uh is there anything you want me to mention about you in the intro um whatever you feel like nothing okay nothing really out my head but whatever you feel like okay okay um and then um what i'll do is i'll introduce i'm gonna just after i'm finished talking here i'm gonna count down five four three two one leave a gap and then I'm going to start the introduction because that helps me for editing purposes to know where the gap is that's oh. that's what it is so Okay. How's that? Now That's... you grew you, you grew up in Walkerton, so you grew up in Walkerton, but, but you have a like your 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 family has obviously an attachment to to either Car- Cargill or Chaps like that area, more, right? More Cargill, yeah. Cargill, and and is that because that's where the Dales are from? Yep, that's where the Dales are from. All right, all right, okay, okay. Well, here here's here's let's see. Go ahead. If I blow the intro, I may have to do the intro again because. I just let it kind of come out. And most times it's worked. So that's no awesome. Problem. All right. Five, four, three, two, one. Well, hello, citizens of Brockton. This is a slice of Brockton. And we've had a little bit of a gap since our last episode, but we're back. We're back. We're back. And we're back with uh, Cole Dales today. Uh, Cole Dales, another youth who's returned from afar, returned to Brockton to live 
and to work. And we are excited to have Cole on our show today. Uh, Cole works as a civil maintenance engineer. Is that right? Did I just ready to make up terms? I I wish I was smart enough to be an engineer, but (laughs) I had the civil maintenance part correct. (laughs) Oh, well, you know, we shouldn't have corrected it. She should have just said engineer, all these things. And uh, Cole is also a volunteer firefighter with uh, the uh, Walkerton Fire Service. And uh, we're so happy to have another young person on the show. Welcome, Cole. Thanks, Greg. Thanks for having me. I've been uh, looking forward to something like this. It, it is really a treat. And honestly, uh, to have um, a nice mixture of, of people who have been in the community for a long time to share their wisdom. But I also love the wisdom and the stories and to pick the brains of, of our youth in Brockton. And uh, I mean, you're, you're not a youth like a 16-year-old, right? But you're still a, a young person in our town. And, and uh, really glad to have you. Really glad to have you. Some days I feel a little bit older when I wake up out of, out of bed, but uh, we take a day yeah. by day. But yeah, I'm looking forward to uh, something like this. Great. Well, again, we're, we're, we're so happy to have you and uh, just have a little conversation about, listen, just start, start us off um, with the listeners, just kind of uh, your trip back in time. Um, you know, you're local, you, you went to the local schools here, you went to Mother Teresa, you went to Sacred Heart and then, and then, and you know, and then the thumbnail, you, you went away and you came back. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So I was fortunate enough to go to school, elementary school and high school in Walkerton. Uh, I've had nothing but great teachers throughout my whole uh great teacher throughout my whole school and that's where we probably crossed paths in the in the school somewhere but uh yeah I, I worked away for a little while after <clears throat> I was in the trades for a bit working for my my dad Willie and kind of for D's construction I worked for a year too so kind of didn't really know what I wanted to get into after college and uh I worked ended up getting a job at uh, Ontario Power Generation at the Pickering Nuclear Station as a firefighter and uh it was a little hard at first uh being away from home two and a half hours, three hours away. Thankfully, I lived with uh, an aunt and uncle that were on the Dale side of the family. And uh, it was always a, always an idea of mine to come back to home. It was a stepping stone to something bigger. But uh, I'm, a, I'm a Brockton boy through and through, and I definitely missed home. And it was always, uh, always a challenge going to the city when I knew I was going to miss on events or miss out on uh, family stuff. But I'm glad to be back and glad to be home, and I'm not going anywhere. Oh, awesome. Family and community. I, uh, how long were you away? Uh, about four and a half years. Four and a half years. And when you were away, what, what did you do? Uh, honestly, a lot of work. Um, driving to Pickering, it's a two and a half hour drive. I'd leave at four in the morning for a day shift. And if I came back the same day, I wouldn't get home till 10 p.m. So it was a long day. Oh. You know, I was on shift work, so uh, it was more work. And by the time I drove back to my uh, aunt and uncle's house in Bowmanville, it was pretty well eat and go to sleep. So there was not much of a life when I was in the city. So my life was here and it, it always has been. Right. Well, you know, um, so in that four years that you were working so hard, like what, 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 what did you spend most of your time doing when you were working in Pickering? Uh, there's a lot of training. Um, thankfully, working at Ontario Power Generation, Ontario Power Generation, it's a, it's a great place to work. Like safety is mm. your number one priority. But uh uh, I was For a firefighter sure. there. It was a lot of training, like world-class facility, world-class like uh, staff there. And uh, working at a nuclear power plant, um, I know in Bruce County, a lot of people work at the Bruce Power, but it's, uh, it's, every day is different there. There's always something new or something not going wrong, but just it's such a fascinating place that uh, the engineering that went to places like that is absolutely phenomenal. Oh, you worked the engineer back into it. Maybe that's your next career after this is engineer. I don't feel like going back to school. <laughs> so what, like, tell me about that. Like that, those big places when they have like a, a industrial firefighters or like, 
like what was the most interesting thing that happened to you there in in that line of work every, every day is kind of different like we had a lot of maintenance a lot of training a lot of inspections but uh the place was so big when i was there for four years there was places i still haven't seen at that at the picking station um it, it was built in the 50s kind of early 60s and i'm just surprised the the planning that had to go into that but i always find the radiation kind of aspect of it interesting a lot of people are are kind of scared about it especially with the dgr kind of in the in bruce county but uh i find the radiation aspect of it different because you, you can't see it you can't smell it um you can't feel it it's like invisible dust almost and there's different kind of the science stuff behind it and uh, i guess i kind of owe it to mrs white and mr shred for giving me a little bit of a science background and uh enjoying that but i just i find stuff like that cool and i find history cool of how uh not only brockton but ontario kind of came uh to how what it is today right right well i i find that fascinating that you find that fascinating um so you spent four years there you you said uh you, you were a little bit homesick you came, you came back so tell me what are, what's the number one thing that as a, a young person in 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 pickering that who grew up in brockton what what's the number one thing that you you missed like you thought ah oh, i'm really missing that right now i miss just going like downtown even if you go to go to home hardware go to run some errands or groceries you're going to run into somebody that you know and you might plan on a five minute trip but for me i'm thankful for my parents and everyone knows my family a five minute trip might turn into an hour trip because you get talking to somebody or you're catching up in the past or you go back to school and and topics like that like i just i enjoy when i'm out in the community talking to people and being social that, that's what i miss where everyone's so polite in broxton where you're down in the city Nobody cares what you're wearing or what you're doing, but like I look forward to seeing people in town and talking to them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, and I, I guess I was thinking about other things. So that that that's obviously one thing that you definitely would miss, especially if that's something that you kind of hung your hat on. Um, now that you're back in town, are there other things that you kind of go, yeah, I really appreciate that as well. I, I kind of miss that. Nothing in particular that I can think of, just kind of the general aspect of, I missed my friends, I didn't get to, like, there was a lot of events I missed out on, uh, like I played baseball, I played hockey, like I missed a lot of that, mm. kind of just social, mainly the social life to be honest, I missed a lot of uh, training with my volunteer department in Walkerton, but uh, I just kind of miss seeing everybody, miss being a part of, being a part of Brockton, because I felt like when I was away, I, I was missing something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, 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 yeah, I get that distinct sense from you. Um Tell me a little bit. So I know that you like a, a spoiler alert. It's not really a spoiler alert, but you're heading off after this uh, this uh, interview to uh, Dirt Pigs. So so um, you got to be one of the younger members of the Dirt Pigs. Is that true? Yeah, I probably out of I think there's 55 or 60 of us on the foundation. I'm definitely in the lower tier of age. <laughs> right, right. So so tell me about that experience as being in it because it's a community group, right? We we recognize. Well, I mean, everyone knows locally about the Dirt Pig dirt pigs dance and I, I think people have a general understanding that the dirt pigs do a lot for the community besides just hosting a dance so what's it like being part of that group i've kind of grown up around it uh, i wasn't an official member until about just before covid uh for about three years ago so i was fortunate to be a part of the last dirt pigs as a, an official foundation member but uh growing up with my dad being uh, a part of the dirt pigs since i was before i was born and uh growing up around it's it's been pretty cool the the hard work and the the passion that goes behind every single one of the members that wants to volunteer in the community. And it's, it's not all about just the dance. Like, no, uh, 
the ball tournament or they, they participate in bar shifts at homecomings and dances and they, they give back to the community. Like it, it's our big fundraiser, the, the dirt big tournament, but it also, uh, I, I appreciate what they do for the community. In other words, uh, when they give back and volunteer at other, other events, it's, I'm just shocked at how much work goes into this tournament. And, uh, it, it's one giant month of hard work for the rest of the year to enjoy it. Right. And, and, uh, actually play in the tournament if you're someone who's organizing and doing all the work or does it all, yep. so all work and most no fun? The, most of the younger guys that uh, are dirt pigs. Now, some of the older guys do play, but uh, I actually play for West for Youth. There's uh, oh, okay. a bunch of the guys on, on the dirt pigs that play in that. And we've had a team since I was 17 years old. Oh, okay. Okay. And the reason that, I mean, I'm going in a little bit about the dirt pigs is because it is a, a community. It's a community group. I, I, I'm not sure all my listeners um, all three of them <laughs> might or might not, might or might not know, um, you know, the work that the dirt pigs do behind the scenes or not even behind the scenes, but you know, that you hear about the dance, but like some of the things such as the, you know, the homecomings and all the different uh, donations made, um, to the community. Right. I, and so I, I just wanted to kind of go a little bit with that, with that theme. So, um, and it's, you know, great that you're, you're part of that. I mean, you can be part of the optimist like I am, or you can be part of the kinsman or you can be part of the lions or, and again, I apologize if I leave out uh, a club, but it's a club and the club ha- has a focus. Um, and, uh, yeah, I just thought I would bring that up. Um, what else do you like about, um, what do you like about, you know, working in the area here in Brockton? I mean, you've talked about some of the living things. What about the working piece? Um, everyone's always supportive of each other. Like I noticed, uh, cause I, I work in Bruce County, but I'm mainly on the fire mm-hmm. department. Everyone, you, you know, of everyone who can do or help you with something. Like if I need a table moved, I can go ask somebody, Hey, can you help me with this? Like everybody's so supportive of each other and so friendly. Like aside from the, the social aspects of stuff or you, you go out for a night and have a few drinks, everyone's just, we all get along. Like it's, it's truly like a, a brother and sisterhood. And uh, that's the best thing about being in the fire department. It's like one big family. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, obviously Dale's like uh, that, that sounds a lot like Cargill. Uh, tell me about that. Yeah. Cargill, the, the home farms on Bruce 20 outside Cargill. So my, uh, my dad's side came from a family of 11 and, uh, when I tell people there's about 65 to 70 of us in the Dales family, they just, they can't believe how big that family. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, yeah, you know, it's pretty hard, but uh, we're a, we're a very close family and uh, that, that can't be replaced. Yeah. That, that, you know, they don't, they don't have families like that anymore. And, and is your, is your mom's side of the family from that area as well? Yeah, Walker area, she's got ties to Riversdale. Uh, she's a force okay. maiden name. So still branches out to, cousins and aunts that uh unfortunately i didn't get to know very well but still a fairly decent sized family yeah yeah uh you may have touched on this before uh, you know as a as again as a as a younger person uh back in in a community like you know you're you're sounds like you're into a life almost of service already um what's the motivation behind why you, why you do that i think i just i kind of grew up with it watching my dad uh give back to people and everyone i've noticed growing up everyone respects them and at the time, I'm like, oh, I couldn't be that busy. I can't do that. I can't do this. But I, I kind of stopped making excuses. And I enjoy helping people and giving back to the community that's so good to me. And uh, I've joined, obviously, the Dirt Pigs. And uh, I've joined the uh, the old Walker and Hawks executive, now the Walker and Capitals, we became. Um, I'm a member of the Ontario Provincial Police as an auxiliary constable. So I've, okay. I've kind of <laughs> not overwhelmed myself, but I, I enjoy being out in the community and being active and showing my face and talking to residents. And it's... 
what inspires me is kind of my family. Like my family's big into volunteering and how much they help people. It's just been a big eye opener to see like, that's what, that's what small town community is about is volunteering and helping people out. Yeah, for sure. I, I, I would agree with you. Um, so for people that are your age out there who, who again, may be listening um, or your peers, like based on your life experience, what advice would you, would you have for them? I, I'd say try new things and uh, do what you're afraid to do. Um, like I, w- I was afraid to move away, but uh, it, was, it benefited me in the long run. I, I don't regret it one bit. I, I grew as a person. I got to see a different side of Ontario. Um, if, if you're worried about public speaking, well, you're only going to get better at things by doing it. So I would say my biggest uh, uh, advice is do what you're afraid to do. It's only going to make you grow as a person and it's going to better you as a person. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Hey, um, I'm going to throw this one out at you. Um, you know, you talked about, uh, you know, just put, doing experience or experiencing things that uh, may not be, you know, things that you could be afraid of or whatever. But tell me about the time, a time that maybe something didn't work out for you and it really, but, and, or you could typify it as a mistake, but you really grew from it or you really learned something from it. <laughs> I got one in mind and, uh, uh, Jim Albright Jr. will appreciate this. He, uh, he's been, he's been a great business owner in the town for many years and I consider him a friend and, uh, I actually worked for him for about seven months and I love sports. He's got a great business down there that I, I support all the time. And, uh, being a salesman was not for me. I, uh, <laughs> it helped me grow as a person. I, I got some communication. I'm a very informal person. So, uh, he helped me, uh, learn about product knowledge and customer service and uh, communication. And, and it wasn't, nece- it wasn't the job. It was just not my style. I'm more of a, I like working in the trades and the tools. And I had a hard time talking to people formally and not positively, but, uh, I'm, like I said, I'm a very informal person. So customer service is a big one that, uh, it helped me grow as a person and I'll forever thank uh, Jim Jr. for letting me uh, work for him. It was a, it was a good experience, but I definitely don't think I'm good at selling products. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, you know what? Uh, you have to, as you say, you have to try it before you know you're, you're good. I think everyone, it just seems like a lot of people want to work for a sports store thinking that that's all that. And then they learn that it's, Hey, it's not just about wearing the equipment or being sporty. It's about all the things that you had mentioned, right? Product knowledge, customer service, um, tip of the hat to, to Jim Jr. I know there's, probably hundreds of people that have <laughs> that have gone through the door and learned the lessons that you learned. Yeah. And you nailed it on the head. I, I, I knew a lot about sports, but I didn't know a lot about the products. <laughs> yeah. Hey, um, tell me a little bit about the Walker and Capitals. What's I, I, you know what? Uh, so I did know they were the Hawks and what, is there a story behind it going to Capitals or? Yeah, a little bit. Uh, this was probably the most recent change in the last couple of weeks. Uh, again, it ties back to, to my dad and the old executive. They were, they did uh, they were part of it for 17 years, and they they brought the the Hawks back in 2005. Yep. And uh, they've been doing it for a long time, and they're getting older, and it's time for some from new faces. They said, and and uh, kind of I got together with James Lang and Mike Scott and Bryn Maws and Dick Fitzsimmons is still staying on with us, and there's going to be some some more announcements coming up. But we kind of I I was approached back in February, and I just wasn't really interested at the time. And once I heard a couple other guys get involved, I'm like, this might be something really good, and. I always got uh, Willie to lean on, which is great. And the old executive, Ray Wright and Dennis Fry, and uh, they did a phenomenal job uh, over the years. Dennis O'Hag and Mike Wagner, they were all part of it. But mainly the name change was kind of to align with our, our minor hockey system. Like They've been so successful the past couple of years uh, winning OMHA championships. And you see the gear everywhere, Walker and Capitals. And when they rebranded back in the day, it's 
kind of, kind of to align with the minor hockey system, but also give us a, a fresh facelift that uh, was probably due as, as there's two other Hawks teams in the junior C that uh, uh, there's Mitchell Hawks and Exeter Hawks. And we just thought oh. it was a great time to make a change. Okay. Well, align that. I like that. What's the, what's the goal that you've got the, set out for the, for the club this particular year? Winning it all again? Oh, I think, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll build to that. But I think right now it's just a, a competitive team on the ice that uh, go out and win hockey games and uh, get the community involved again. Like, like I said, growing up, it was, uh, I was shocked when I seen a thousand people in the stands when we were playing King Carden or Wingham or Alston. And we just want to bring that back to the community, a competitive hockey team and ultimately a, a championship team, which I believe we have the support through our community and our sponsors and our fans. That's uh, that, that won't take long, hopefully. Yeah. Yeah. I'm wondering um, if there's people in our minor hockey system, those that uh, aspire to play for the Capitals one day. I mean, maybe, maybe you did. Did you, did you think about that? Uh, I wasn't good enough. There was, there was too many, uh, too many better goalies than me out there. I was a goalie. So okay, uh, easier said than done. <laughs> understood. Understood. Hey, um, fun, some fun questions here. Um, first of all, we're going to play two truths and a lie. So that's just what every guest gets to do. Um, what, what do you, what do you do when you're not working? Like what, what, you know, or going to dirt pigs meetings yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when I'm not working, I, uh, I've, uh, my girlfriend, and I like to take her dog for a walk. We got a golden retriever named Ben. So I'm, she's gotten me outside a lot. I'm pretty, pretty active now. Go for a lot of walks and hikes. And, uh, I still play baseball for the dirt pigs on the slow pitch. So. And then uh, I still play hockey for the puck hogs. So uh, when I'm not working or kind of like to go out for walks, relax or play some sports. Perfect. Perfect. And do you uh, do any, uh, have any series or anything you're watching on any of the uh, streaming? I'd like to just say Netflix, but I mean, that, that tells you how old I am because like there's a zillion other streaming services now that uh, <laughs> you could be watching anything. You're binge watching anything or what's going on for that. There's lots of options out there, but yeah, I, uh, I'm more of a in the in the summertime. I don't watch too much TV, but I'd say Yellowstone's one that I've been uh, binge watching quite a bit lately. It's a uh, it's a pretty cool series with Kevin Costner, and uh, it it got me hooked right from the first episode. Yellowstone. I'm going to write these things down. This is why I ask people these questions. Like, what are you watching right now? Because uh, you know, I, I think I got stuck on Ted Lasso. I'm still waiting for season number three or four <laughs> or whatever it is. Um, okay. All right. So let's play. Um, let's play two truths and a lie. So. Um, I don't know if you kind of pre-thought about it or I'm going to get you to think on your feet, but you tell me three statements. Um, two of them are truths and one is a lie and I have to guess it. All right. Okay. Uh, number one, I've surfed the Atlantic Ocean. Uh, number two, I, I've been arrested. And number three is I know how to do the worm. <laughs> Well, I mean, I don't want to get your brand down, but I think you're, I think you're lying about being arrested. That's correct. I've never. Uh, been... <laughs> that's great. I'm glad. That's, I'm glad that's good news. I'm glad I was right on that lie. Well, yeah, because you wouldn't. Yeah, I mean, uh, what's going to happen? What happens to your membership? They find out that you're in uh, the dirt pigs if they find out you're arrested, right? Uh, yeah, I don't, I, I don't ever want to find out. <laughs> no, no, we don't. We, we don't. <laughs> not at all. Not at all. Cole Dales. Thank you so much for being on the podcast, sharing a little bit of your, your journey with us and your journey back to Brockton. Uh, we're happy to have our, our younger people return and you know, that's, that's the lifeblood of our community. And, uh, and again, so happy to hear that you're have a, a service orientation and recognize that we live in like the most awesome place. So thank you. Thank you so much for, for being here. Thanks Greg for having me. I appreciate it. Uh, yeah, I, I'd really like if a lot of people would, uh, get involved with something like this is 
Brockton's a growing community and we've, we've, uh, taken great stride in the last four to five years. So I'm, uh, looking forward to, uh, what Brockton's about to become. It's, uh, it's going in the right direction. Awesome. All right. Well, thanks very much and, and enjoy the dirt pigs meeting and maybe we'll see you on the diamond in the, in August. Awesome. Thanks, Greg. Okay. Take care. Hey, Cole Dales. Hey, Greg, how are you? Good. How are you doing? Good. Excellent. Excellent. Um, yeah. So thanks for thanks for doing this. I uh, I know you're you're a busy guy and things lots of things on the go. So I do appreciate it. I haven't pumped out a, a podcast in a little bit because I've just been busy with other things. But uh, I want to kind of get back on the trail and uh, and uh, you know again I'm appreciative of that for you today. Oh, I've been looking forward to it. Uh, it's been a uh... Yeah, it's been busy, but yeah, looking forward to it. Great. Good audio. The audio sounds awesome. And so what's happening right now is the way this my app works here is that it's automatically recording, but this won't be on the recording because I'll go back and I'll just chop this off at the end of it. This is kind of like what I call the the pre the pre interview, just to kind of <laughs> just just a little bit of chat about you and, and about some things. And okay. I was going back to the where you said which questions that you wanted me to ask, and I couldn't We've been talking on, I don't know if you emailed me, I looked back in Messenger and I, I couldn't see it. So um, do you recall what questions they were? Or, I mean, we can be pretty, again, chill about it too, right? Like it doesn't have to be, it can be whatever, right? Hello? Oh, I lost you. Hello? Yeah, I got you now. What happened? Was okay. that me? I can't leave that was me I can't leave the the app I guess to look in my background stuff oh yeah it'll shut off and if your uh, if your phone goes to sleep or okay. whatever goes to sleep it'll also shut us down I learned the hard way when I was uh I was uh chatting with Connie Weber like we tried like four times we were going what the hell oh, is going wrong <laughs> and it was just every time it went to sleep it's like we lost connection I thought yeah. oh bad bad internet or whatever um yeah how did can you remember how you sent it to me and I'll find it it's just I can't yeah remember. I sent them to you May 10th via email Oh, by email. Okay, now I'm yeah. going to have to go on here. Let me see if I can get. Hello? Yep, I can hear you. No. Oh, you could. No, I can hear you. Still, I tried. Okay, I put your name in there and, and earlier today, and I was going, okay, but it didn't. <laughs> Maybe is it is it. Dale's score, is it? Yep. Yep. C Dale's okay, 1232. Okay, let me just see here. Um, geez, no, like May 10th, let me just go to May 10th and see if it's there because like, um, okay. All right. Which was not too, too long ago. That's inbox. That's not there. Maybe did I give you a different like email address? I remember, I remember them offhand too. Oh, well, they let's were, just do that. Uh, one was, uh, what motivates me to, uh, like do what I do. Okay, yeah, that's that's always a good one. Another one was, uh, what are the best things about living in Brockton? Okay. Um, okay. The other one was uh, two truths and a lie. Oh yeah, that that's an automatic, my friend. You get that no matter <laughs> what. You get no matter what. Yeah, you get that. Uh, the other one was the my uh, what TV show or series am I watching? Okay, yeah. And then just let me go to the background of my phone here and for two seconds look sure. at the other one. Yep, no problem. 
And the last one, can you hear me? Okay. Yep. The last one was what uh, experience would I give to somebody based on my life experiences? Okay, let me see. Uh, experience. Just trying to. F- Where did I see that one? Did I ask you that? Uh, experience something there. Okay, what advice do you have for your peers? Yeah, okay, that I can work that. That's not a problem. Okay, okay. All right, okay. Okay, so for me to kind of get going on this, what I'm going to do is just going to ask you, just kind of, just catch me up on on um, on you. I mean, okay. really, the last time I think I said, I'm not sure last time I talked to you, like actually as, a, as an adult, like I can't remember that, but I it's know that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's possible we have in, in passing or seeing, but just like, so, you know, we're, you were at a, you were a student at Mother Teresa. I'm sure you went to Sacred Heart and then kind of what happened, what happened from there? Tell me, just to catch me up on that. Yeah, so I uh, I was fortunate to go to uh, school in Walkerton. I went to Mother Teresa, had great teachers throughout, and went to Sacred Heart, and also had nothing but excellent teachers and, and peers. And uh, in grade 12, I really didn't know what I wanted to do for a job, so I took a high school co-op at the Walkerton Fire Department, and uh, the current chief at the time, Mike Murphy, I knew his son really well. We were best friends, played hockey together growing up, so I took a leap of faith, and I'm like, maybe I'll... Uh, joined the fire department and as a co-op. So I went through the recruit process uh, with the fire department and then life took me on a pretty crazy journey and we've been 10 years in the fire service and walked in since and ended up being full-time in Pickering for a couple of years. And uh, I, I get homesick really easily. So I uh, <laughs> went yeah. to school in Lambton uh, in Sarnia. Yeah, luckily I had eight friends there from Brockton. So it made life a lot easier. It felt like home, but I've uh I've always wanted to come back home. Brockton's home for me, and will be home for me forever. So that's home kind of where home forever school. <laughs> All right, okay. So tell me a little bit about um. So what did you what did you was it fire service training in Lambton or what's it called? What's that? Yeah, it was program? called pre-service firefighting education training. So it was a one-year program with an option to take uh, a year two and a year three, but I just decided to take the year one because it was already a I got hired. I think the next day after my high school graduation, they gave me my pager and gave me a job offer. And so I've been on the fire department since 18 and uh, yeah. Wow. Wow. Since 18. So, so, okay. You worked full time in Pickering. I did. Yeah, I did. Okay. And then for how long was that? Uh, Four years. Okay. So you lived in Pickering and then you move, you're back here now, you're selling your house. So are, are you actually in Walkerton or are you in Brockton? Like where, yep. where are you? I live right in Walkerton. Yep. Okay. And you're moving from uh, one house in Walkerton to another house. Yep. Four blocks away. <laughs> oh, well, there you go. That, that's uh, not too far. I mean, it no. still cost, still costs you to put the stuff in a truck though, I guess. Yeah, if you for sure. Unless you have, unless you have good buddies. I got lots of friends. <laughs> uh, okay. Okay. So, so are you, so what are you doing full time? Cause I mean, obviously this is the, the, the fire department of Walkerton isn't a full-time job unless you're the chief or somebody. So, so are you still like contracted somewhere else or what are you doing? Uh, I started in, uh, I still work for Ontario power generation. That's where I was in Pickering at the oh. Pickering nuclear station. And now I work for Ontario power, Ontario power generation up at the Bruce power site. So my job title is civil maintenance, civil maintenance, but, but that's not like, that's not, so you're not a firefighter up there. No, not full-time. No. Okay. Okay. So when you, when you went to, so when you were in Pickering, you weren't in the fire service in Pickering. You were, yep, yep. I was a, uh, I was an industrial firefighter at the Pickering nuclear plant. Oh, okay. Firefighter oh. There for four years. Industrial, industrial, like some, some stuff. Did you fight many fires up there or what? No, a lot of, a lot of medicals. 
but no, not many fires, thankfully. That would yeah. be. A- Whoop! I lost you there for a sec. Can you hear me? Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would be a bad day if there was fires in Pickering, but no, thankfully, not many fires. If no, any. no. Okay, okay. That might be something I, I can pick your brain about a little bit. I, I might just say, hey, tell me about like the worst thing that you've had. Like, not that we want to get into morbid details, but like, yeah. what's the what's the kind of most challenging situation or something like that? Okay. Um. All right. And and um. Okay. I, and I really want to kind of play the angle of you know you are returning. You know you're returning youth. You're a young person in the municipality. Um, I'm, I, you know, I may say like, you know, what, 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 what do you think is something that, you know, when I say Brockton, cause like it's called the slice of Brockton, but yep. you know, what, what does Brockton need? Like, you know, for more young people to be here, like, I, I don't know if we're getting an influx back. I know that we've got a couple of subdivisions on the go and I think there's young families moving in there. That's a topic um, I love to talk about. Cause I, oh. I am passionate about it. <laughs> okay. Okay. Good. Uh, I'm going to write this as a note passionate about, uh, um, <laughs> living in and returning because you know what there's lots of people who don't come back like my kids aren't going to come back they they've been uh said that they're just like you know i said well you'll appreciate this when you're a little bit older but like i mean i i get the sense that they're as young adults like you know it's not like you know if you like to club it there's not a lot of clubs or if you like to but if you're like the bruce county kind of life then obviously it's quality life is, is awesome. And I think quality life is awesome for kids. I just think when you're a young person, if you're looking for that excitement piece, then you know what, or a mall, I mean, obviously you can't be here, but I think obviously, you, you know, over time, maybe that changes for people. I don't know. So yep. anyway, okay. So that's great. So what's, um, so uh, I'm going to introduce you as Cole Dales and um, a return. I'm going to return. I'm not going to say the prodigal son. I was thinking about like, <laughs> that. the return of the prodigal son, but that's not true. Um, and and um, Walkerton, Brockton resident Cole Dales, who has come back or something. I'm going to. It's going to be kind of organic. It's okay. just And um, uh, is there anything you want me to mention about you in the intro? Um, Whatever you feel like. Nothing. Okay. Nothing really- out my head but whatever you feel like okay okay um and then um what i'll do is i'll introduce i'm gonna just after i'm finished talking here i'm gonna count down five four three two one leave a gap and then i'm gonna start the introduction because that helps me for editing purposes to know where the gap is that's okay. that's what it is so okay. how's that now that's- you grew you, you grew up in walker so you grew up in walker but, but you have a like your 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 family has obviously an attachment to to either Car- Cargill or Chaps, like that area, more, right? More Cargill, yeah. Cargill, and and is that because that's where the Daleses are from? Yep, that's where the Daleses are from. All right, all right, all right. Okay, okay. Well, here, here's, here's. Let's see. Go ahead. If I blow the intro, I may have to do the intro again because I just let it kind of come out. And most times it's worked, so that's no awesome. Problem. All right, five, four, three, two, one. Well, hello, citizens of Brockton. This is a slice of Brockton, and we've had a little bit of a gap since our last episode, but we're back, we're back, we're back, and we're back with uh, Cole Dales today. Uh, Cole Dales, another youth who's returned from afar, returned to Brockton to live and to work, and we are excited to have Cole on our show today. Uh, Cole works as a civil maintenance engineer is that right did i just really make up terms i, there, I wish i was smart enough to be an engineer but <laughs> i had the civil maintenance part correct oh well you know we shouldn't have corrected it she should have just said engineer all these things and uh, cole is also a volunteer firefighter with uh, the uh, walkerton fire service 
And uh, we're so happy to have another young person on the show. Welcome, Cole. Thanks, Greg. Thanks for having me. I've been uh, looking forward to something like this. It, it is really a treat. And honestly, uh, to have um, a nice mixture of, of people who have been in the community for a long time to share their wisdom. But I also love the wisdom and the stories and to pick the brains of, of our youth in Brockton. And uh, I mean, you're, you're not a youth like a 16-year-old, right? But you're still a, a young person in our town. And, and uh, really glad to have you. Really glad to have you. Some days I feel a little bit older when I wake up out of, out of bed, but uh, we take a day, by, <laughs> but yeah, I'm looking forward to uh, something like this. Great. Well, again, we're, we're, we're so happy to have you and uh, just have a little conversation about, listen, just start, start us off um, with the listeners, just kind of uh, your trip back in time. Um, you know, you're local, you, you went to the local schools here, you went to Mother Teresa, you went to Sacred Heart and then, and then, and you know, and then the thumbnail, you, you went away and you came back. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so I was fortunate enough to go to school, elementary school and high school in Walkerton. Uh, I've had nothing but great teachers throughout my whole uh, great teachers throughout my whole school, and that's where we probably crossed paths in the in the school somewhere. But uh, yeah, I, I worked away for a little while after <clears throat> I was in the trades for a bit, working for my my dad Willie, and kind of for D's Construction. I worked for a year too, so kind of didn't really know what I wanted to get into after college. And uh, I worked, ended up getting a job at uh, Ontario Power Generation at the Pickering Nuclear Station as a firefighter. And uh, it was a little hard at first uh, being away from home, two and a half hours, three hours away. Thankfully, I lived with uh, an aunt and uncle that were on the Dale side of the family. And uh, it was always, a, always an idea of mine to come back to home. It was a stepping stone to something bigger. But uh, I'm, a, I'm a Brockton boy through and through, and I definitely missed home. And it was always, uh, always a challenge going to the city when... I knew I was going to miss on events or miss out on uh, family stuff, but I'm glad to be back and glad to be home and I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> oh, awesome. Family and community. I, uh, how long were you away? Uh, about four and a half years. Four and a half years. And when you were away, what, what did you do? Uh, honestly, a lot of work. Um, driving to Pickering, it's a two and a half hour drive. I'd leave at four in the morning for a day shift. And if I came back the same day, I wouldn't get home till 10 p.m. So it was a long day. Oh. You know, I was on shift work, so... Uh, it was more work, and by the time I drove back to my uh, aunt and uncle's house in Bowmanville, it was pretty well eat and go to sleep. So there was not much of a life when I was in the city, so my life was here, and it, it always has been. Right. Well, you know, um, so in that four years that you were working so hard, like what, 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 what did you spend most of your time doing when you were working in Pickering? Uh, there's a lot of training. Um, thankfully, working at Ontario Power Generation, Ontario Power Generation it's, a, it's a great place to work. Like, safety is mm. your number one priority, but... Uh, uh, I was a firefighter there. It was a lot of training, like world-class facility, world-class like uh, staff there. And uh, working at a nuclear power plant, um, I know in Bruce County, a lot of people work at the Bruce Power, but it's uh, it's every day is different there. There's always something new or something not going wrong, but just it's such a fascinating place that uh, the engineering that went to places like that's absolutely phenomenal. Oh, you worked the engineer back into it. Maybe that's your next career after this as engineer. I don't feel like going back to school. <laughs> <laughs> so what, like, tell me about that. Like that, those big places when they have like a, a industrial firefighters or like, but like what was the most interesting thing that happened to you there in, in that line of work? Every, every day is kind of different. Like we had a lot of maintenance, a lot of training, a lot of inspections, but uh, the place was so big when I was there for four years, there was places I still haven't seen at the, at the picking station. Um, it was built in the fifties, kind of early sixties. And I'm just surprised the the planning that had to go into that. But 
I always find the radiation kind of aspect of it interesting. A lot of people are are kind of scared about it, especially with the DGR kind of in the in Bruce County. But uh, I find the radiation aspect of it different because you, you can't see it, you can't smell it, um, you can't feel it. It's like invisible dust almost. And there's different kind of the science stuff behind it. And I guess I kind of owe it to Mrs. White, and Mr. Shret for giving me a little bit of a science background and uh, enjoying that. But I just I find stuff like that cool, and I find history cool of how uh not only brockton but ontario kind of came uh to how what it is today right right well i i find that fascinating that you find that fascinating um so you spent four years there you you said uh you, you were a little bit homesick you came you came back so tell me what are, what's the number one thing that as a, a young person in 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 pickering that who grew up in brockton what what's the number one thing that you you missed like you thought ah oh, i'm really missing that right now I miss just going like downtown, even if you go to home, go to home hardware, or go to run some errands or groceries, you're going to run into somebody that, you know, and you might plan on a five minute trip. But for me, I'm thankful for my parents and everyone knows my family. A five minute trip might turn into an hour trip because you get talking to somebody or you're catching up in the past or you go back to school and, and topics like that. Like I just I enjoy when I'm out in the community talking to people and being social. That, that's what I miss where everyone's so polite in Broxton where you're down in the city nobody cares what you're wearing or what you're doing, but like, I look forward to seeing people in town and talking to them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, and I, I guess I was thinking about other things. So that, that, that's obviously one thing that you definitely would miss, especially if that's something that you kind of hung your hat on. Um, now that you're back in town, are there other things that you kind of go, yeah, I really appreciate that as well. I, I kind of miss that. Nothing in particular that I can think of, just kind of the general aspect of, I missed my friends. I didn't get to, like, there was a lot of events I missed out on. Uh, like, I played baseball, I play hockey. Like, I missed a lot of that. Mm. Kind of just social, mainly the social life, to be honest. And I missed a lot of uh, training with my volunteer department in Walkerton, but uh, I just kind of miss seeing everybody, miss being a part of, being a part of Brockton, because I felt like when I was away, I, I was missing something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I, 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 yeah, I get that distinct sense from you. Um Tell me a little bit. So I know that you like a, a spoiler alert. It's not really a spoiler alert, but you're heading off after this uh, this uh, interview to uh, Dirt Pigs. So so um, you got to be one of the younger members of the Dirt Pigs. Is that true? Yeah, I probably out of I think there's 55 or 60 of us on the foundation. I'm definitely in the lower tier of age. <laughs> right, right. So so tell me about that experience as being in it because it's a community group, right? We we recognize. Well, I mean, everyone knows locally about the Dirt Pig dirt pigs dance and I, I think people have a general understanding that the dirt pigs do a lot for the community besides just hosting a dance so what's it like being part of that group i've kind of grown up around it uh, i wasn't an official member until about just before covid uh for about three years ago so i was fortunate to be a part of the last dirt pigs as a, a official foundation member but uh growing up with my dad being uh, a part of the dirt pigs since i was before i was born and uh growing up around it's it's been pretty cool the the hard work and the the passion that goes behind every single one of the members that wants to volunteer in the community. And it's, it's not all about just the dance, like no, uh, the ball tournament or they, they participate in bar shifts at homecomings and dances and they, they give back to the community. Like it, it's our big fundraiser, the, the dirt big tournament, but it also, uh, I, I appreciate what they do for the community. In other words, uh, when they give back and volunteer at other, other events, it's, I'm just shocked at how much work goes into this tournament. And uh, it, it's one giant month of hard work for the rest of the year to enjoy it right and and uh 
actually play in the tournament if you're someone who's organizing and doing all the work or does it all, yep. all work and most go fun? The, most of the younger guys that uh, are dirt pigs. Now, some of the older guys do play, but uh, I actually play for West for Youth. There's uh, oh, okay. a bunch of the guys on, on the dirt pigs that play in that. And we've had a team since I was 17 years old. Oh, okay. Okay. And the reason that, I mean, I'm going in a little bit about the dirt pigs is because it is a, a community, it's a community group. I, I, I'm not sure all my listeners um, all three of them <laughs> might or might not, might or might not know, um, you know, the work that the dirt pigs do behind the scenes or not even behind the scenes, but you know, that you hear about the dance, but like some of the things such as the, the you know, the homecomings and all the different uh, donations made um, to the community. Right. I, and so I, I just wanted to kind of go a little bit with that, with that theme. So, um, and it's you know, great that you're, you're part of that. I mean, you can be part of the optimists like I am, or you can be part of the kinsmen or you can be part of the lions or, and again, I apologize if I leave out uh, a club, but it's a club and the club ha- has a focus. Um, and uh, yeah, I just thought I would bring that up. Um, what else do you like about, um, what do you like about, you know, working in the area here in Brockton. I mean, you've talked about some of the living things. What about the working piece? Um, everyone's always supportive of each other. Like I noticed, uh, cause I, I work in Bruce County, but I'm mainly on the fire. Mm-hmm. Everyone, you, you know, of everyone who can do or help you with something. Like if I need a table moved, I can go ask somebody, Hey, can you help me with this? Like everybody's so supportive of each other and so friendly, like aside from the, the social aspects of stuff or you, you go out for a night and have a few drinks, everyone's just, we all get along. Like it's, it's truly like a, a brother and sisterhood. And uh, that's the best thing about being in the fire department. It's like one big family. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, obviously Dale's like uh, that, that sounds a lot like Cargill. Uh, tell me about that. Yeah. Cargill, the, the home farms on Bruce 20 outside Cargill. So my, uh, my dad's side came from a family of 11 and, uh, when I tell people there's about 65 to 70 of us in the Dales family, they just, they can't believe how big that family. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, yeah, and that pretty hard, but uh, we're a, we're a very close family and uh, that, that can't be replaced. Yeah. That, that, you know, they don't, they don't have families like that anymore. And, and is your, is your mom's side of the family from that area as well? Yeah, Walker area, she's got ties to Riversdale. Uh, she's a force okay. maiden name. So still branches out to, cousins and aunts that uh unfortunately i didn't get to know very well but still a fairly decent sized family yeah yeah uh you may have touched on this before uh, you know as a as again as a as a younger person uh back in in a community like you know you're you're sounds like you're into a life almost of service already um what's the motivation behind why you, why you do that i think i just i kind of grew up with it watching my dad uh give back to <laughs> everyone i've noticed growing up everyone respects him and at the time I'm like, Oh, I couldn't be that busy. I can't do that. I can't do this. But I, I kind of stopped making excuses and I enjoy helping people and giving back to the community. That's so good to me. And, uh, I've joined obviously the dirt pigs and, uh, I've joined the, uh, the old Walker and Hawks executive. Now the Walker and capitals we became, um, I'm a member of the Ontario provincial police as an auxiliary constable. So I've, okay. I've kind of not overwhelmed myself, but I, I enjoy being out in the community and being active and showing my face and talking to residents. And it's, what inspires me is kind of my family. Like my family's big into volunteering and how much they help people. It's just been a big eye opener to see like, that's what, that's what small town community is about is volunteering and helping people out. Yeah, for sure. I, I, I would agree with you. Um, so for people that are your age out there who, who again, may be listening um, or your peers, like based on your life experience, what advice would you, would you have for them? I, I'd say try new things and uh, do what you're afraid to do. Um, like I was, I was afraid to move away, but, 
it was it benefited me in the long run. I, I don't regret it one bit. I, I grew as a person. I got to see a different side of Ontario. Um, if, if you're worried about public speaking, well, you're only going to get better at things by doing it. So I would say my biggest uh, uh, advice is do what you're afraid to do. It's only going to make you grow as a person and it's going to better you as a person. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Hey, um, I'm going to throw this one out at you. Um, you know, you talked about, uh, you know, just put, doing experience or experiencing things that uh, may not be, you know, things that you could be afraid of or whatever. But tell me about the time, a time that maybe something didn't work out for you and it really, but, and, or you could typify it as a mistake, but you really grew from it or you really learned something from it. <laughs> I got one in mind and uh, uh, Jim Albright Jr. will appreciate this. He, uh, he's been He's been a great business owner in the town for many years, and I consider him a friend. And uh, I actually worked for him for about seven months. And I love sports. He's got a great business down there that I I support all the time. And uh, being a salesman was not for me. I uh, <laughs> it helped me grow as a person. I I got some communication. I'm a very informal person, so uh, he helped me uh, learn about product knowledge and customer service and uh, communication. And and it wasn't it wasn't the job. It was just not my style. I'm more of a I like working on the trades and the tools and I had a hard time talking to people formally and not positively, but, uh, I'm, like I said, I'm a very informal person. So customer service is a big one that, uh, it helped me grow as a person and I'll forever thank, uh, Jim Jr. for letting me uh, work for him. It was a, it was a good experience, but I definitely don't think I'm good at selling products. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, you know what, uh, you have to, as you say, you have to try it before you know you're, you're good. I think everyone, it just seems like a lot of people want to work for a sports store thinking that it's all that. And then they learn that it's, Hey, it's not just about wearing the equipment or being sporty. It's about all the things that you had mentioned, right? Product knowledge, customer service, um, tip of the hat to, to Jim Jr. I know there's probably hundreds of people that have, <laughs> that have gone through the door and learned the lessons that you learned. Yeah. And you nailed it on the head. I, I, I knew a lot about sports, but I didn't know a lot about the products. <laughs> yeah. Hey, um, tell me a little bit about the Walker and Capitals. What's I, I, you know what? Uh, so I did know they were the Hawks and what, is there a story behind it going to Capitals or? Yeah, a little bit. Uh, this was probably the most recent change in the last couple of weeks. Uh, again, it ties back to, to my dad and the old executive. They were, they did, uh, they were part of it for 17 years and they, they brought the, the Hawks back in 2005 yep. and uh, they've been doing it for a long time and they're getting older and it's time for some from new faces they said and and uh, kind of I got together with James Lang and Mike Scott and Bryn Maws and Dick Fitzsimmons is still staying on with us and there's going to be some some more announcements coming up but we kind of I, I was approached back in February and I just wasn't really interested at the time and once I heard a couple other guys get involved I'm like this might be something really good and I always got a uh, Willie to lean on, which is great. And the old executive, Ray Wright and Dennis Fry. And uh, they did a phenomenal job uh, over the years. Dennis O'Hagan, Mike Wagner, they were all part of it. But mainly the name change was kind of to align with our, our minor hockey system. Like they've been so successful the past couple of years uh, winning OMHA championships. And you see the gear everywhere, Walker and Capitals. And when they rebranded back in the day, it's kind of, kind of to align with the minor hockey system, but also give us a, a fresh facelift that, uh, was probably due as as there's two other Hawks teams in the Junior C that uh, uh, there's Mitchell Hawks and Exeter Hawks and we just thought oh. it was a great time to make a change. Okay, well align that. I like that. What's the what's the goal that you've got the, set out for the for the club this particular year? Winning it all again? Oh, I think yeah, we'll we'll, we'll build to that. But I think right now it's just a, a competitive team on the ice that uh, go out and win hockey games and uh, get the community involved again. Like 
like I said, growing up, it was uh, I was shocked when I seen a thousand people in the stands when we were playing King Carden or Wingham or Alston. And we just want to bring that back to the community, a uh, competitive hockey team and ultimately a, a championship team, which I believe we have the support through our community and our sponsors and our fans. That's uh, that that won't take long, hopefully. Yeah. Yeah. I'm wondering um, if there's people in our minor hockey system, those that uh, aspire to play for the Capitals one day. I mean, maybe maybe you did. Did you did you think about that? I wasn't good enough. There was there was too many uh, too many better goalies than me out there. I was a goalie, so okay, uh, easier said than done. <laughs> understood, understood. Hey, um, fun some fun questions here. Um, first of all, we're gonna play two truths and a lie, so that's just what every guest gets to do. Um, what, what do you what do you do when you're not working? Like what what you know, or going to dirt pigs meetings? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> when i'm not working i uh i've uh my girlfriend and i like to take her dog for a walk we got a golden retriever named ben so i'm she's gotten me outside a lot i'm pretty pretty active now go for a lot of walks and hikes and uh i still play baseball for the dirt pigs on the slow pitch so and then uh, i still play hockey for the puck hogs so uh when i'm not working or kind of like to go out for walks relax or play some sports perfect perfect and do you uh do any uh have any series or anything you're watching on any of the uh, streaming? I'd like to just say Netflix, but I mean, that, that tells you how old I am because like there's a zillion other streaming services now that uh, <laughs> you could be watching anything. You're binge watching anything or what's going on for that? There's your- lots of options out there, but yeah, I, uh, I'm more of a, in the, in the summertime, I don't watch too much TV, but I'd say Yellowstone's one that I've been uh, binge watching quite a bit lately. It's a, uh, it's a pretty cool series with Kevin Costner and uh, it, it got me hooked right from the first episode. Yellowstone. I'm going to write these things down. This is why I ask people these questions. Like, what are you watching right now? Because, uh, you know, I, I think I got stuck on Ted Lasso. I'm still waiting for season number three or four <laughs> or whatever it is. Um, okay. All right. So let's play, um, let's play two truths and a lie. So um, I don't know if you kind of pre-thought about it or I'm going to get you to think on your feet, but you tell me three statements. Um, two of them are truths and one is a lie and I have to guess it. All right. Okay. Uh, number one, I've surfed the Atlantic Ocean. Uh, number two, I, I've been arrested. And number three is I know how to do the worm. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't want to get your brand down, but I think you're I think you're lying about being arrested. That's correct. I've never uh, been... <laughs> That's great. I'm glad that's I'm glad that's good news. I'm glad I was right on that lie. Well, yeah, because you wouldn't I mean, uh, what's gonna happen? What happens to your membership? They find out that you're in uh, the dirt pigs if they find out you're arrested, right? Uh, yeah, I don't, I, I don't ever want to find out. <laughs> no, no, we don't, we, we don't, we don't, not at all. Not at all. Cole Dales. Thank you so much for being on the podcast, sharing a little bit of your, your journey with us and your journey back to Brockton. Uh, we're happy to have our, our younger people return and you know, that's, that's the lifeblood of our community. And, uh, and again, so happy to hear that you're have a, a service orientation and recognize that we live in like the most awesome place. So thank you. Thank you so much for, for being here. Thanks Greg for having me. I appreciate it. Uh, yeah, I would really like if a lot of people would, uh, get involved with something like this as Brockton's a growing community and we've, we've, uh, taken great stride in the last four to five years. So I'm, uh, looking forward to uh, what Brockton's about to become. It's, uh, it's going in the right direction. Awesome. All right. Well, thanks very much and, and enjoy the dirt pigs meeting and maybe we'll see you on the diamond in the, in August. Awesome. Thanks Greg. Okay, take care. Bye. Hey, Cole Dales. Hey, Greg, how are you? Good, how are you doing? Good. 
Excellent. Excellent. Um, yeah. So thanks for, thanks for doing this. I, uh, I know you're, you're a busy guy and things, lots of things on the go. So I do appreciate it. I haven't pumped out a, a podcast in a little bit cause I've just been busy with other things, but, uh, I want to kind of get back on the trail and, uh, and, uh, you know, again, I'm appreciative of that for you today. Oh, I've been looking forward to it. Uh, it's been, uh, yeah, it's been busy, but yeah, looking forward to it. Great. Good audio. The audio sounds awesome. And so what's happening right now is the way this, my app works here is that it's automatically recording, but this won't be on the recording because I'll go back and I'll just chop this off at the end of it. This is kind of like what I call the, the pre, the pre interview, just to kind of <laughs> just, just a little bit chat about you and, and about some things. And okay. I was going back to the, where you said, which questions that you wanted me to ask. And I couldn't, We've been talking on, I don't know if you emailed me. I looked back in Messenger and I, I couldn't see it. So um, do you recall what questions they were? Or, I mean, we can be pretty, again, chill about it too, right? Like it doesn't have to be, it can be whatever, right? Hello? Oh, I lost you. Hello? Yeah, I got you now. What happened? Was okay. that me? Yeah, I can't leave. That was me. I can't leave the the app. I guess to look in my background stuff. Oh yeah, it'll shut off. And if your uh, if your phone goes to sleep or okay. whatever goes to sleep, it'll also shut us down. I learned the hard way when I was uh, I was uh, chatting with Connie Weber. Like we tried like four times. We were going, "What the oh, hell is going wrong?" <laughs> and it was just every time it went to sleep, it's like we lost connection. And I thought, yeah. "Oh, bad bad internet or whatever." Um, yeah. Now, how did you, can you remember how you sent it to me? And I'll find it. It's just I can't. Yeah, remember. I sent them to you May tenth. The email. Oh, by email. Okay, now I'm yeah. going to have to go on here. Let me see if I can get it. Hello? Yep, I can hear you. No. Oh, you could. No, I can hear you. Okay, I put your name in there and, and earlier today, and I was going, okay, but it didn't. <laughs> Maybe it's a, is it Dales? Or is it? Yep, yep. C Dales, okay, one, two, me. three, two. Okay, let me just see here. Um, geez. No, like May 10th. Let me just go to May 10th and see if it's there because like, um, okay. All right, which was not too, too long ago. That's inbox. It's not there. Maybe did I give you a different like email address? I remember I remember them offhand too. Oh, uh, well, let's just do that. One was uh, what motivates me to uh, like do what I do. Okay, yeah, that's that's always a good one. Another one was uh, what are the best things about living in Brockton? Okay. Um, okay. The other one was uh, two truths and a lie. Oh yeah, that that's an automatic, my friend. You get that no matter <laughs> what. You get no Figured matter that. what. Yeah, you get that. The other one was the my uh, what TV show or series am I watching? Okay, yeah. And then just let me go to the background of my phone here and for two seconds sure. look at the other one. Yep, no problem. And the last one, can you hear me? Okay. Yep. The last one was what uh, experience would I give to somebody based on my life experiences? Okay, let me see. Uh, experience. Just trying to. F- Where did I see that one? Did I ask you that? Uh, experience something there. Okay, what advice do you have for your peers? Yeah, okay, that I can work that. That's not a problem. 
Okay. Okay. All right. Okay. Okay. So for me to kind of get going on this, what I'm going to do is just going to ask you just kind of just catch me up on, on, um, on you. I mean, okay. really the last time I think I said, I'm not sure last time I talked to you, like actually as a, as an adult, like I can't remember that, but I it's know that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's possible we have in, in passing or seeing, but just like, so, you know, we're, you were at a, you were a student at mother Teresa. I'm sure you went to sacred heart and then kind of what happened, what happened from there? Tell me just to catch me up on that. Yeah. So I, uh, I was fortunate to go to, uh, school in Walkerton. I went to Mother Teresa, had great teachers throughout and went to Sacred Heart and also had nothing but excellent teachers and, and peers. And uh, in grade 12, I really didn't know what I wanted to do for a job. So I took a high school co-op at the Walkerton Fire Department. And uh, the current chief at the time, Mike Murphy, I knew his son really well. We were best friends, played hockey together growing up. So I took a leap of faith and I'm like, maybe I'll uh, join the fire department and as a co-op. So I went through the recruit process uh, with the fire department and then life took me on a pretty crazy journey and it's been 10 years on the fire service and Walkerton since and ended up being full-time in Pickering for a couple of years and uh, I, I get homesick really easily so I uh, <laughs> went yeah. to school in Lambton uh, in Sarnia. Yeah, luckily I had eight friends there from Brockton so it made life a lot easier. It felt like home but I've uh, I've always wanted to come back home. Brockton's home for me and will be home for me forever so that's home kind of where home forever school. <laughs> All right. Okay. So tell me a little bit about, um, so what did you, what did you, was it fire service training in Lambton or what's it called? What's that? Yeah, it was called pre-service firefighting education training. So it was a one year program with an option to take uh, a year two and a year three, but I just decided to take the year one because I was already, a, I got hired. I think the next day after my high school graduation, they gave me my pager and gave me a job offer and, so I've been on the fire department since 18 and uh, yeah. Wow. Wow. Since 18. So, so, okay. You worked full time in Pickering. I did. That, yeah. I did. Okay. And then for how long was that? Uh, four years. Okay. Four. So you lived in Pickering and then you move, you're back here now you're selling your house. So are, are you actually in Walkerton or are you in Brockton? Like where, yep. where are you? I live right in Walkerton. Yep. Okay. And you're moving from uh, one house in Walkerton into another house. Yep four blocks away <laughs> oh well there you go that's uh, not too far i mean it no. still costs still costs you to put the stuff in a truck though i guess yeah if you for sure it. unless you have unless you have good buddies i got lots of friends <laughs> uh, okay okay so so are you so what are you doing full-time because i mean obviously this is the, the the fire department of walkerton isn't a full-time job unless you're the chief or somebody so so are you still like contracted somewhere else or what are you doing uh, i started in uh i still work for ontario power generation that's where i wasn't pickering at the oh. Pickering Nuclear Station, and now I work for Ontario Power Ontario Power Generation up at the Bruce Power site. So my job title is civil maintenance. Civil maintenance, but but that's not like that's not. So you're not a firefighter up there. No, not full time. No. Okay. Okay. So when you when you went to so when you were in Pickering, you weren't in the fire service in Pickering. You were. Yep. yep. I was a uh, I was an industrial firefighter at the Pickering Nuclear Plant. Oh. Okay. Firefighter oh. there for four years industrial industrial like some some stuff did you fight many fires up there or what no a lot of a lot of medicals but no uh, not many fires thankfully that yeah would be... whoop i lost you there for a sec can you hear me okay mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah that would be a bad day if there was fires in pickering but no thankfully not many fires if no any. no okay okay that might be something i, I can pick your brain about a little bit <laughs> I, I might just say hey tell me about like the worst thing that you've had like not that we want to get into morbid details but like yeah. what's the 
what's the kind of the most challenging situation or something like that. Okay. Um, all right. And, and, um, okay. I, and I really want to kind of play the angle of, you know, you are returning, you know, you're returning youth, you're a young person in the municipality. Um, I'm, I, you know, I may say like, you know, what, 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 what do you think is something that, you know, when I say Brockton, cause like it's called the slice of Brockton, but yep. you know, what, what does Brockton need? Like, you know, for more young people to be here, like I, I don't know if we're getting an influx back. I know that we've got a couple of subdivisions on the go, and I think there's young families moving in there. That's a topic um, I love to talk about because I, oh. I am passionate about it. <laughs> okay. Okay, good. Uh, I'm going to write this as a note, passionate about uh, um, <laughs> living in and returning. Because you know what? There's lots of people who don't come back. Like my kids aren't going to come back. They, they've been – uh said that they're just like you know i said well you'll appreciate this when you're a little bit older but like i mean i I get the sense that they're as young adults like you know it's not like you know if you like to club it there's not a lot of clubs or if you like to but if you're like the bruce county kind of life then obviously it's quality life is is awesome and i think quality life is awesome for kids i just think when you're a young person if you're looking for that excitement piece then you know what or a mall. I mean, obviously you can't be here, but I think obviously, you, you know, over time, maybe that changes for people. I don't know. So yep. anyway. Okay. So that's great. So what's, um, so uh, I'm going to introduce you as Cole Dales and um, a return. I'm going to like, return. I'm not going to say the prodigal son. I was thinking about like, <laughs> that. the return of the prodigal son, but that's not true. Um, and, and um, Walkerton Brockton resident Cole Dales, who has, come back or something i'm gonna it's gonna be kind of organic it's okay. just and um uh is there anything you want me to mention about you in the intro um whatever you feel like nothing okay nothing really top of my head but whatever you feel like okay okay um and then um what i'll do is i'll introduce i'm gonna just after i'm finished talking here i'm gonna count down five four three two one leave a gap and then I'm going to start the introduction because that helps me for editing purposes to know where the gap is that's okay. that's what it is so Okay. How's that? Now That's... you grew you, you grew up in Walkerton, so you grew up in Walkerton, but, but you have a like your 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 family has obviously an attachment to to either Car- Cargill or Chaps like that area, more, right? More Cargill, yeah. Cargill, and and is that because that's where the Dales are from? Yep, that's where the Dales are from. All right, all right, all right. Okay, okay. Well, here here's here's let's see. Go ahead. If I blow the intro, I may have to do the intro again because. I just let it kind of come out. And most times it's worked. So that's awesome. All right. Five, four, three, two, one. Well, hello, citizens of Brockton. This is a slice of Brockton. And we've had a little bit of a gap since our last episode, but we're back. We're back. We're back. And we're back with uh, Cole Dales today. Uh, Cole Dales, another youth who's returned from afar, returned to Brockton to live and to work and we are excited to have cole on our show today uh cole works as a civil maintenance engineer is that right did i just really make up terms i, I wish i was smart enough to be an engineer but <laughs> i had the civil maintenance part correct oh well you know we shouldn't have corrected it she should have just said engineer all these things and uh, cole is also a volunteer firefighter with uh, the uh, walkerton fire service and uh, we're so happy to have another young person on the show. Welcome, Cole. Thanks, Greg. Thanks for having me. I've been uh, looking forward to something like this. It, it is really a treat. And honestly, uh, to have um, a nice mixture of 
of people who I've been in the community for a long time to share their wisdom, but I also love the wisdom and the stories and to pick the brains of, of our youth in Brockton. And uh, I mean, you're, you're not a youth, like a 16 year old, right. But you're still a, a young person in our town and, and uh, really glad to have you really glad to have you. Some days I feel a little bit older when I wake up out of, out of bed, but uh, we take a day, <laughs> by, but yeah, I look forward to uh, something like this. Great. Well, again, we're, we're, we're so happy to have you and uh, just have a little conversation about, listen, just start, start us off um, with the listeners, just kind of uh, your trip back in time. Um, you know, you're local, you, you went to the local schools here, you went to Mother Teresa, you went to Sacred Heart and then, and then, and you know, and then the thumbnail, you, you went away and you came back. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So I was fortunate enough to go to school, elementary school and high school in Walkerton. Uh, I've had nothing but great teachers throughout my whole uh great teacher throughout my whole school and that's where we probably crossed paths in the in the school somewhere but uh yeah I, I worked away for a little while after <clears throat> I was in the trades for a bit working for my my dad Willie and kind of for D's construction I worked for a year too so kind of didn't really know what I wanted to get into after college and uh I worked ended up getting a job at uh, Ontario Power Generation at the Pickering Nuclear Station as a firefighter and uh it was a little hard at first uh being away from home two and a half hours, three hours away. Thankfully, I lived with uh, an aunt and uncle that were on the Dale side of the family. And uh, it was always a, always an idea of mine to come back to home. It was a stepping stone to something bigger. But uh, I'm, a, I'm a Brockton boy through and through, and I definitely missed home. And it was always, uh, always a challenge going to the city when I knew I was going to miss on events or miss out on uh, family stuff. But I'm glad to be back and glad to be home, and I'm not going anywhere. Oh, awesome. Family and community. I, uh, how long were you away? Uh, about four and a half years. Four and a half years. And when you were away, what, what did you do? Uh, honestly, a lot of work. Um, driving to Pickering, it's a two and a half hour drive. I'd leave at four in the morning for a day shift. And if I came back the same day, I wouldn't get home till 10 p.m. So it was a long day. Oh. You know, I was on shift work, so uh, it was more work. And by the time I drove back to my uh, aunt and uncle's house in Bowmanville, it was pretty well eat and go to sleep. So there was not much of a life when I was in the city. So my life was here and it, it always has been. Right. Well, you know, um, so in that four years that you were working so hard, like what, what, what did you spend most of your time doing when you were working in Pickering? Uh, there's a lot of training. Um, thankfully, working at Ontario Power Generation, Ontario Power Generation, it's a, it's a great place to work. Like safety is mm. your number one priority. But uh uh, I was For a sure. firefighter there. It was a lot of training, like world-class facility, world-class like uh, staff there. And uh, working at a nuclear power plant, um, I know in Bruce County, a lot of people work at the Bruce Power, but it's uh, it's every day is different there. There's always something new or something not going wrong, but just it's such a fascinating place that uh, the engineering that went to places like that's absolutely phenomenal. Oh, you worked the engineer back into it. Maybe that's your next career after this is engineer. I don't feel like going back to school. <laughs> so what, like, tell me about that. Like that, those big places when they have like a, a industrial firefighters or like, but like what was the most interesting thing that happened to you there in, in that line of work? Every, every day is kind of different. Like we had a lot of maintenance, a lot of training, a lot of inspections, but uh, the place was so big when I was there for four years, there was places I still haven't seen at the, at the picking station. Um, it was built in the fifties, kind of early sixties. And I'm just surprised the the planning that had to go into that. But I always find the radiation kind of aspect of it interesting. A lot of people are, are kind of scared about it, especially with the DGR kind of in the, in Bruce County. But uh, I find the radiation aspect of it different because you, you can't see it. You can't smell it. 
Um, you can't feel it. It's like invisible dust almost. And there's different kind of the science stuff behind it. And I guess I kind of owe it to Mrs. White and Mr. Shret for giving me a little bit of a science background and uh, enjoying that. But I just, I find stuff like that cool. And I find history cool of how uh, not only Brockton, but Ontario kind of came uh, to how what it is today. Right. Right. Well, I, I find that fascinating that you find that fascinating. Um, so you spent four years there. You, you said uh, you, you were a little bit homesick. You came, you came back. So tell me, what are, what's the number one thing that as a, a young person in, in, in Pickering that who grew up in Brockton, what, what's the number one thing that you, you missed? Like you thought, ah, oh, I'm really missing that right now. I miss just going like downtown, even if you go to home, go to home hardware, go to run some errands or groceries, you're going to run into somebody that you know, and you might plan on a five minute trip. But for me, I'm thankful for my parents and everyone knows my family. A five minute trip might turn into an hour trip because you get talking to somebody or you're catching up in the past or you go back to school and, and topics like that. Like I just I enjoy when I'm out in the community talking to people and being social. That, that's what I miss where everyone's so polite in Broxton where you're down in the city. Nobody cares what you're wearing or what you're doing. But like I look forward to seeing people in town and talking to them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um and I, I guess I was thinking about other things. So that, that, that's obviously one thing that you definitely would miss, especially if that's something that you kind of hung your hat on. Um, now that you're back in town, are there other things that you kind of go, yeah, I really appreciate that as well. I, I kind of miss that. Nothing in particular that I can think of, just kind of the general aspect of I missed my friends. I didn't get to, like, there was a lot of events I missed out on. Uh, like I played baseball, I play hockey. Like I missed a lot of that. Mm-hmm. Kind of just social, mainly the social life, to be honest. And I miss a lot of uh, training with my volunteer department in Walkerton, but uh, I just kind of miss seeing everybody, miss being a part of being a part of Brockton because I felt like when I was away, I, I was missing something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, 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 I get that distinct sense from you. Um, tell me a little bit. So I know that you like a, a spoiler alert. It's not really a spoiler alert, but you're heading off after this, uh, this uh, interview to uh, Dirt Pig. So, so. Um, you've got to be one of the younger members of the Dirt Pigs. Is that true? Yeah, I probably out of, I think there's 55 or 60 of us on the foundation. I'm definitely in the lower tier of age. <laughs> right, right. So so tell me about that experience as being in, because it's a community group, right? We we recognize, well, I mean, everyone knows locally about the Dirt, Pig, Dirt Pigs dance. And I, I think people have a general understanding that the Dirt Pigs do a lot for the community besides just hosting a dance. So what's it like being part of that group? I've kind of grown up around it. Uh, I wasn't an official member until about just before COVID uh, for about three years ago. So I was fortunate to be a part of the last Dirt Pigs as an official foundation member. But uh, growing up with my dad being uh, a part of the Dirt Pigs since I was before I was born and uh, growing up around it, it's, it's been pretty cool. The the hard work and the, the passion that goes behind every single one of the members that wants to volunteer in the community. And it's, it's not all about just the dance. Like, no, uh, the ball tournament or they, they participate in bar shifts at homecomings and dances and they, they give back to the community. Like it, it's our big fundraiser, the, the dirt big tournament, but it also, uh, I, I appreciate what they do for the community. In other words, uh, when they give back and volunteer at other, other events, it's, I'm just shocked at how much work goes in this tournament. And, uh, it, it's one giant month of hard work for the rest of the year to enjoy it. Right. And, and, uh, actually play in the tournament if you're someone who's organizing and doing all the work or does it all, yep. so all work and no fun? The, most of the younger guys that uh, are dirt pigs. Now, some of the older guys do play, but uh, I actually play for West for Youth, 
There's a, oh, okay. a bunch of the guys on, on the Dirt Pigs that play in that, and we've had a team since I was 17 years old. Oh, okay. Okay. And the reason that, I mean, I'm going in a little bit about the Dirt Pigs is because it is a, a community, it's a community group. I, I, I'm not sure all my listeners um all three of them <laughs> might or might not might or might not know um you know the work that the dirt pigs do behind the scenes or not even behind the scenes but you know that you hear about the dance but like some of the things such as the you know the homecomings and all the different uh, donations made um to the community right I, and so I, I just wanted to kind of go a little bit with that with that theme so um and it's you know great that you're you're part of that i mean you can be part of the optimists like i am or you can be part of the kinsman or you can be part of the lions or and again i apologize if i leave out uh, a club but it's a club and the club ha- has a focus um and uh, yeah i just thought i would bring that up um what else do you like about um what do you like about you know, working in the area here in Brockton? I mean, you've talked about some of the living things. What about the working piece? Um, everyone's always supportive of each other. Like I notice, uh, cause I, I work in Bruce County, but I'm mainly on the fire. Mm-hmm. Department. Everyone, you, you know, of everyone who can do or help you with something. Like if I need a table moved, I can go ask somebody, Hey, can you help me with this? Like everybody's so supportive of each other and so friendly. Like aside from the, the social aspects of stuff or you, you go out for a night and have a few drinks, everyone's just, we all get along. Like it's, it's truly like a, a brother and sisterhood. And uh, that's the best thing about being in the fire department. It's like one big family. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, obviously Dale's like uh, that, that sounds a lot like Cargill. Uh, tell me about that. Yeah. Cargill, the, the home farms on Bruce 20 outside Cargill. So my, uh, my dad's side came from a family of 11 and, uh, when I tell people there's about 65 to 70 of us in the Dales family, they just, they can't believe how big that family. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, yeah, and that makes pretty hard, but uh, we're a, we're a very close family and uh, that, that can't be replaced. Yeah. That, that, you know, they don't, they don't have families like that anymore. And, and is your, is your mom's side of the family from that area as well? Yeah, Walker area, she's got ties to Riversdale. Uh, she's a force okay. maiden name. So still branches out to, cousins and aunts that uh unfortunately i didn't get to know very well but still a fairly decent sized family yeah yeah uh you may have touched on this before uh, you know as a as again as a as a younger person uh back in in a community like you know you're you're sounds like you're into a life almost of service already um what's the motivation behind why you, why you do that i think i just i kind of grew up with it watching my dad uh give back to <laughs> everyone i've noticed growing up everyone respects him and at the time, I'm like, oh, I couldn't be that busy. I can't do that. I can't do this. But I, I kind of stopped making excuses. And I enjoy helping people and giving back to the community that's so good to me. And uh, I've joined, obviously, the Dirt Pigs. And uh, I've joined the uh, the old Walker and Hawks executive, now the Walker and Capitals, we became. Um, I'm a member of the Ontario Provincial Police as an auxiliary constable. So I've, okay. I've kind of <laughs> not overwhelmed myself, but I, I enjoy being out in the community and being active and showing my face and talking to residents. And it's what inspires me is kind of my family. Like my family's big into volunteering and how much they help people. It's just been a big eye opener to see like, that's what, that's what small town community is about is volunteering and helping people out. Yeah, for sure. I, I, I would agree with you. Um, so for people that are your age out there who, who again, may be listening um, or your peers, like based on your life experience, what advice would you, would you have for them? I, I'd say try new things and uh, do what you're afraid to do. Um, like I was, I was afraid to move away, but, uh, it was, it benefited me in the long run. I, I don't regret it one bit. I, I grew as a person. I got to see a different side of Ontario. Um, if, if you're worried about public speaking, well, you're only going to get better at things by doing it. So 
I would say my biggest uh, uh, advice is do what you're afraid to do. It's only going to make you grow as a person and it's going to better you as a person. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Hey, um, I'm going to throw this one out at you. Um, you know, you talked about, uh, you know, just put, doing experience or experiencing things that uh, may not be, you know, things that you could be afraid of or whatever, but tell me about the time, a time that maybe something didn't work out for you and it really, but, and, or you could typify it as a mistake, but you really grew from it or you really learned something from it. <laughs> I got one in mind and, uh, uh, Jim Albright Jr. will appreciate this. He, uh, he's been He's been a great business owner in the town for many years, and I consider him a friend. And uh, I actually worked for him for about seven months. And I love sports. He's got a great business down there that I I support all the time. And uh, being a salesman was not for me. I uh, <laughs> it helped me grow as a person. I I got some communication. I'm a very informal person, so uh, he helped me uh, learn about product knowledge and customer service and uh, communication. And and it wasn't it wasn't the job. It was just not my style. I'm more of a I like working on the trades and the tools and I had a hard time talking to people formally and not positively, but, uh, I'm, but like I said, I'm a very informal person. So customer service is a big one that, uh, it helped me grow as a person and I'll forever thank, uh, Jim Jr. For letting me uh, work for him. It was a, it was a good experience, but I definitely don't think I'm good at selling products. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, you know what, uh, you have to, as you say, you have to try it before you know you're, you're good. I think everyone, it just seems like a lot of people want to work for a sports store thinking that that's all that. And then they learn that it's, Hey, it's not just about wearing the equipment or being sporty. It's about all the things that you had mentioned, right? Product knowledge, customer service, um, tip of the hat to, to Jim Jr. I know there's probably hundreds of people that have, <laughs> that have gone through the door and learned the lessons that you learned. Yeah. And you nailed it on the head. I, I, I knew a lot about sports, but I didn't know a lot about the products. <laughs> yeah. Hey, um, tell me a little bit about the Walker and Capitals. What's I, I, you know what? Uh, so I did know they were the Hawks and what, is there a story behind it going to Capitals or? Yeah, a little bit. Uh, this was probably the most recent change in the last couple of weeks. Uh, again, it ties back to, to my dad and the old executive. They were, they did, uh, they were part of it for 17 years and they, they brought the, the Hawks back in 2005 yep. and uh, they've been doing it for a long time and they're getting older and it's time for some, from new faces they said. And, and uh, kind of, I got together with James Lang and Mike Scott and Bryn Maws and Dick Fitzsimmons is still staying on with us. And there's going to be some, some more announcements coming up, but we kind of, I, I was approached back in February and I just wasn't really interested at the time. And once I heard a couple other guys get involved, I'm like, this might be something really good. And I always got a, uh, Willie to lean on, which is great. And the old executive, Ray Wright and Dennis Fry, and uh, they did a phenomenal job uh, over the years. Dennis O'Hag and Mike Wagner, they were all part of it. But mainly the name change was kind of to align with our, our minor hockey system. Like they've been so successful the past couple of years uh, winning OMHA championships. And you see the gear everywhere, Walker and Capitals. And when they rebranded back in the day, it's kind of, kind of to align with the minor hockey system, but also give us a, a fresh facelift that, uh, was probably do as as there's two other Hawks teams in the Junior C that uh, uh, there's Mitchell Hawks and Exeter Hawks and we just thought oh. it was a great time to make a change. Okay, well align that. I like that. What's the what's the goal that you've got the, set out for the for the club this particular year? Winning it all again? Oh, I think yeah, we'll we'll, we'll build to that. But I think right now it's just a, a competitive team on the ice that uh, go out and win hockey games and uh, get the community involved again. Like. Like I said, growing up, it was uh, I was shocked when I seen a thousand people in the stands when we were playing King Carden or Wingham or Alston, and we just want to bring that back to the community. A uh, competitive hockey team, and ultimately a, a championship team, which I believe we have the support through our community, 
and our sponsors and our fans, that's, uh, that, that won't take long, hopefully. Yeah. Yeah. I'm wondering um, if there's people in our minor hockey system, those that uh, aspire to play for the Capitals one day. I mean, maybe, maybe you did. Did you, did you think about that? Uh, I wasn't good enough. There was, there was too many, uh, too many better goalies than me out there. I was a goalie. So okay, uh, easier said than done. <laughs> understood. Understood. Hey, um, fun, some fun questions here. Um, first of all, we're going to play two truths and a lie. So that's just what every guest gets to do. Um, what, what do you, what do you do when you're not working? Like what, what, you know, or going to dirt pigs meetings yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when I'm not working, I, uh, I've, uh, my girlfriend, and I like to take her dog for a walk. We got a golden retriever named Ben. So I'm, she's gotten me outside a lot. I'm pretty, pretty active now. Go for a lot of walks and hikes. And, uh, I still play baseball for the dirt pigs on the slow pitch. So. And then uh, I still play hockey for the puck hogs. So uh, when I'm not working or kind of like to go out for walks, relax or play some sports. Perfect. Perfect. And do you uh, do any, uh, have any series or anything you're watching on any of the uh, streaming? I'd like to just say Netflix, but I mean, that, that tells you how old I am because like there's a zillion other streaming services now that um, <laughs> you could be watching anything. You're binge watching anything or what's going on for that. There's you? lots of options out there, but yeah, I, uh, I'm more of a in the in the summertime. I don't watch too much TV, but I'd say Yellowstone's one that I've been uh, binge watching quite a bit lately. It's a uh, it's a pretty cool series with Kevin Costner, and uh, it it got me hooked right from the first episode. Yellowstone. I'm going to write these things down. This is why I ask people these questions. Like, what are you watching right now? Because uh, you know, I, I think I got stuck on Ted Lasso. I'm still waiting for season number three or four <laughs> or whatever it is. Um, okay. All right. So let's play. Um, let's play two truths and a lie. So. Um, I don't know if you kind of pre-thought about it or I'm going to get you to think on your feet, but you tell me three statements. Um, two of them are truths and one is a lie and I have to guess it. All right. Okay. Uh, number one, I've surfed the Atlantic Ocean. Uh, number two, I, I've been arrested. And number three is I know how to do the worm. <laughs> Well, I mean, I don't want to get your brand down, but I think you're, I think you're lying about being arrested. That's correct. I've never. Ah. <laughs> that's great. I'm glad. That's, I'm glad that's good news. I'm glad I was right on that lie. Well, yeah, because you wouldn't. Yeah, I mean, uh, what's going to happen? What happens to your membership? If they find out that you're uh, the dirt pigs. If they find out you're arrested, right? Uh, yeah, I don't, I, I don't ever want to find out. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, we don't. We, we don't. <laughs> not at all. Not at all. Cole Dales. Thank you so much for being on the podcast, sharing a little bit of your your journey with us and your journey back to Brockton. Uh, we're happy to have our our younger people return, and you know that's that's the lifeblood of our community. And uh, and again, so happy to hear that you have a, a service orientation and recognize that we live in like the most awesome place. So thank you, thank you so much for for being here. Thanks, Greg, for having me. I appreciate it. Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd really like if a lot of people would uh, get involved with something like this as Brockton's a growing community and we've we've uh, taken great stride in the last four to five years. So I'm uh, looking forward to uh, what Brockton's about to become. It's uh, it's going in the right direction. Awesome. All right. Well, thanks very much and, and enjoy the Dirt Pigs meeting and maybe we'll see you on the diamond in the in August. Awesome. Thanks, Greg. OK, take care.